Welcome to True Heel Heat, the place where we use insider terms because we think we know what the fuck we're talking about, even though we don't. My name's Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and I'm better than you, and you know it. Hey everybody, it's Tony Schiavone of All Elite Wrestling, and this is True Heel Heat. And I said it right, you motherfuckers. Another week in the books as we close the door on the Forbidden Door. And we're heading to Money in the Bank starting live this afternoon. So we're going to talk about the week in wrestling with AEW New Japan Forbidden Door and an all-time classic between Osprey and Omega. What does Brian Danielson's injury mean to the creative changes for AEW? We're going to talk about this week in WWE as they build up to Money in the Bank and, of course, Money in the Bank predictions. And, of course, some special guests as well. It is True Hill. 232. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube and Facebook for True Hill Heat 232. Forbidden money in the bank door. We're here to discuss the latest wrestling news, including the fallout from Forbidden Door and uh, the Osprey Omega Classic, all the talk coming out of this week from that matchup, as well as Brian Danielson beating Kazuka Okada with one arm, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we saw that. A recap of this week in wrestling with Collision. You had Dynamite, you had Rampage, you got WWE SmackDown, Raw, NXT, Impact is in Australia, plus they had Impact on Access TV, ROH, and as well as Stardom. So a jam-packed week. And of course, preview and predictions for Money in the Bank. I am joined, as always, by the princess of all the true hills, the beautiful, the lovely Miss Chrissy Love. Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy Money in the Bank Day, peeps. Well, it's afternoon over there. So good afternoon to all of them over there. What's going on? What a week of wrestling, guys. What a week. Oh, we say well, this Sunday, afternoon. I guess. <laughs> we we usually say Everything this. Everything else was just week. like, yeah, you know. <laughs> you can't compare and, like it's like apples and oranges. You know, you had like something so great on Sunday, then we get to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, then we come back down. You know, it's a roller coaster wrestling. That's yeah. basically. <laughs> But of course, we are joined by a special guest this week. Someone familiar, you know him from Dirt Sheet Radio. He's been on the channel a couple of different times. It is John Escadero. Thank you so much, brother, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I've been meaning to come on, man. I just haven't been able to get my schedule straight. We've met you. You got that voice, that that, that (laughs) ever-present voice, man. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and for anyone anyone new watching you want to give them your own introduction for everything you're doing dirt sheet radio podcasting extraordinaire let the people know yeah man my name is john escudero i host dirt sheet radio it's a podcast where we basically talk a lot of shit about pro wrestling you know uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> or dirt sheet we talk about the dirt sheet stuff <laughs> you can find us on twitter and facebook under dirt sheet radio it's a pretty simple search thankfully nobody else has stolen the name i mean i, I gotta i gotta trademark that it's in the process but yeah that's me <laughs> better better late than never, you know. You gotta you gotta get that done. 
<laughs> no, but thank you so much for joining us. We got a lot of AEW stuff to discuss with you this week. Uh, and of course, we appreciate everyone for joining us here live on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel for our flagship podcast. And if you're watching on demand, we appreciate you as well. Show your appreciation back in the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on the video. Share the video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you are new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And we have, unfortunately, some, some somber news to start off this week in True Hill Heat is, of course, we had a passing in, in our family of the wrestling world from Darren Drozdoff, formerly known as Puke during his time in WWE. He was known as also as Draws. He passed away yesterday, Friday, June 30th, yeah. and PW Insider reports that Drozdov passed, though uh, not a lot of details were given away just at first. Drozdov was a former NFL player before he found his way into professional wrestling. He played at the University of Maryland. He had a short run uh, in the NFL with three seasons playing for the New York Jets and Denver Broncos, and he gained media attention after he threw up on the ball during a Monday night football game as a result of a chronic vomiting problem that he had. After his NFL run, he moved into wrestling and wrestled on the independent scene before being signed by WWE, being initially farmed out to ECW to get some experience before going back to WWF and debuting in 1998 under the moniker of Puke. He was in the famous documentary Beyond the Mat, and that's where we have the scene where Vince was uh, rehearsing He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! In the Titan Towers when he first met him, and he was a part of uh, an alliance with the Legion of Doom. Unfortunately, about a year and a half later, he suffered a, a real, uh, you know, fatal uh, in-ring accident after taking a power bomb from D'Lo Brown wrong and he was no longer had a lot of movement below his neck but he is very heralded as someone with so much dignity so much pride and one of the toughest guys to step in the ring during that attitude era so we here at True Hill he want to send our condolences to Darren Drozdoff's family his friends and his fans John any memories of Draws for you I have the biggest one is uh, beyond the mat uh, watching that as a teenager and uh he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna puke and then they actually like show it and you're like how can you forget Disgusting. that <laughs> <laughs> sorry my bad oops it on you it does <laughs> at least leaves an impression any memories for you chrissy love um that's the most memorable one you can think of i mean and and him being with like the legion of doom and like he was like the third one he had like the the, the uh, shoulder pads and everything. It was it was like everyone wanted one, and he got to be one of those fortunate ones to get one, you know, and do it with him. So um, yeah, those are my memories of him. Unfortunately, that storyline isn't doesn't uh, age too well. Uh... I mean, yes, <laughs> but you know, listen, <laughs> not, not many people can say that, that they did that. So they were they were they were obsessed with making a third Legion of Doom member. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big thing for them. That was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got him. We got Heidenreich. Oh, Heidenreich was the worst. <laughs> Heidenreich was the worst. I'm sorry. Even with the storyline that they gave draws were basically, I think he was like the enabler to Hawk drinking and stuff like that. Oh my God. God. Yes. <laughs> like I said, like I said, the attitude ever was a different time, people. 
It was it a really different was, time. Yeah. It really was. Oh man. But nah, we send our deepest condolences to yes, Darren Drozdov and his family. And you know, we hate seeing someone in the wrestling world pass away, but gotta send our best and our prayers to the family who uh, get affected by this even more than we do. But we're here to bring y'all up. Bring y'all back from the somber here to talk about professional wrestling. And, of course, sound off in the live chat. We will highlight as many comments as possible. But, of course, if you're feeling generous, you could send a super chat donation. Those always help out the channel. And, of course, you could also uh, join hit that join button and become a member of the True Hill Heat YouTube channel as well. Uh, we got the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson, who says, what's up, everyone? We're live for some more THH. He also says, what's up to John Escudero, mm -hmm. representing the, the the pot heels I see. Beautiful. <laughs> there yeah. you go. What can I say? I, I actually didn't realize what I was wearing until the camera was on. We were about to go live. And I was like, oh, oh, no. It's okay. It's fine. No worries at all. Exactly. We're, we, we, we appreciate one and all. We got plenty of those. On our exactly. <laughs> but, yes, uh, we got Frantic Rahul in the chat saying, rest in peace to, to Draws. Uh, definitely a bunch of love for Draws in the chat and a bunch of love for John joining us here. So let's get in to the wrestling here and of course wrestling. we got we got us we got to start off every true hill heat with our roll call shouting out those who support us our top three conversation starters on the true hills group page stewie allen nick jackson patreon backers we got allen we got nick bala b uh alex mccarthy professor chris austin k you my boy blue robert steve antoine fifth generation carney ladarius john dan kobe queen monet dolores john dj eric beep boop Marcus Ryan, Justin Rich, James Allen, Caden, and Santo. Thank you so much for supporting us. Patreon.com forward slash Trill Heat. Now let's get to what we missed. And of course, we're going to start off with Forbidden Door. The show featured an all-time classic matchup and what some fans are calling the best match in North America ever as Will mm. Ospreay defeated Kenny Omega to win the IWGP United States Championship in simply a incredible, violent masterpiece mm -hmm. uh, with so many great moments that people are going to remember for years to come. Will Ospreay getting the win with a second Stormbreaker with some help along the way from Don Callis to regain the IWGP United States Championship. And then meanwhile, you had the main event, which had Brian Danielson come out to final countdown. My 18-year-old SP3's heart just grew 10 times larger <laughs> as uh, before he defeated Katsuka Okada by submission by after breaking his arm during the matchup and uh, beating Okada with a double arm bar in a great main how? event. How did he, like, how? I don't understand. Like, what? No <sighs> explanation. Uh, the elite, the elite Tomohiro Ishii and Eddie Kingston beat the Blackpool Combat Club, Shoto Amino and Kanosuke Takeshita in a wild balls to the wall 10 man tag team matchup. Uh, Ishii getting the win over Yuta. You had CM Punk on the other end of the spectrum, uh, and the other <laughs> end of the building. We'll get to that. Uh, CM Punk beats Satoshi Kojima to advance to in the Owen Hart men's tournament with a rocket split crowd for CM Punk. Punk again in Toronto. You had Orange Cassidy defeat Daniel Garcia, Castellari Shibata, and Zack Sabre Jr. in an awesome sprint to retain the 
AEW International Championship. MJF beat Hiroshi Tadahashi to retain the AEW World Title. And then you had also Sonata defeating Jungle Boy Jack Perry to retain the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Post-match, Perry turned heel on Hook, laying him out, laying out his self-proclaimed best friend there. Mm. But we'll start with you, John. What did you think overall thoughts on Forbidden Door? And were you on the positive side? And if so, where do you think it ranks in the best shows of 2023 so far? Um, I love Forbidden Door. I thought this Forbidden Door was the Forbidden Door that they wanted to do last year. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have if they didn't have all the injuries and stuff like this was the level of New Japan versus AEW that you want, want from it. a Forbidden Door show. Uh, it's definitely one of the best shows of the year. Um, top two or three easily. Uh, I, I find I, I, I Queendom might still hold that top spot. I, uh, I, I have to maybe rewatch those two shows. <laughs> But um, it's definitely one of the top two or three shows of the year for sure. I mean, I, honestly, it might be one of the top two or three AW pay per views I've ever seen. Uh, to be yeah, to be to be honest, honest, yeah. yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be fair, friend. <laughs> Where do you think it ranks, Chrissy? Um, one of the best AEW pay per views, I must say. Um, but uh, I have to agree with John. Um, definitely, what this is probably what they wanted to do from last year, but of course with like. Injury still semi like lockdown. Uh, I want to say visa issues. All those things had to play a, uh, a toll, and we we didn't get that show last year. And I um awesome show from beginning to end. I must say, um, exceeded expectations like like way over. Like like we knew it was gonna be a good show, but like gosh, what like how? Like they just went on and just gave us a banger. Like let's this let's just give them everything, and that's what they did. And they left everything. I don't understand how Brian did that with a like a double, and you heard him screaming. Yeah, and he had no choice. Like you have both of my and you did it with a broken arm. Like wh- when did he break the arm? Now, uh, on Okada's elbow drop. Got it. Yeah, he says he just had his arm out in the wrong place, and yeah. And he landed on it and he broke it. Yeah, Damn. pretty much. Clean, so clean did, did break he... from what we saw. Okay, but I said, did he did he know that it broke right away? Like, but he kept wrestling though. No. Like, that... okay. I don't think he knew it broke, but he knew something was wrong because that's why he did the seizure spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wanted the doctor to look at it. Oh, again. that's okay. Now, okay, it's coming now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, what yeah. is happening? Why did he just? Okay, okay, yes, that makes because sense. That almost took me out of the bag. Yeah. I was right, I mean, right, right. Watching right. it, watching it without knowing that he's injured is like, you know, you you're like, man, this is a great match, you know, but the crowd is dead and you know, maybe the maybe Osprey versus Omega should have made invented. But you know, watching I, it yes, watching so. it knowing he has a broken arm, it changes the whole context as you like <laughs> This is a great match, and his yeah. arm is broken. broken. This is in- yeah. this is incredible. Like yeah. I thought, I knew going into the show, I knew I was gonna see Brian Danielson give us a goat performance, but I didn't think it was gonna be that kind of like that's a goat performance, but that's a whole different kind of goat performance. Like that's some that's I, I honestly think this guy is the greatest wrestler of all time. Like I've I've been I saying do. it, I've been saying it without like. I used to it. It's been developing. Like I used to, I used to maybe feel a little bit of shame to say, like, man, is he really the greatest wrestler of all time? Like of all time. But as time goes on, it's like, 
this dude is the fucking goat. Like he's the real greatest wrestler of all time. It's amazing. I, I, I'm incredible. Yeah, it's it's kind of a shame, even though you know there's the the other form of the argument that if they had known, maybe they stopped the match early. But if commentary had known, this could have been like Cody versus Seth, like the guy mm-hmm, injured mm-hmm, facing. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes the matchup feel even, like that in yes. the moment, in yes, the moment. Yes. But they didn't know until afterwards, so that's the only thing that makes it different. But a lot of people are going to give you know the credit for this being an all time show to that Osprey versus Omega two matchup. John, where do you think that ranks as far as the best AEW matches of all time? That might be the best AEW match of all time. I mean, there's three that come to the top of my head. It's this one. It's Brian versus MJF, and it's the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks cage match. And it's like mm. those, those. Is that when like, he broke his arm? Uh, no, no, no. They, that's the one where they uh, pulled out the Jordans with the thumbtacks on the bottom. Yeah. Of oh, yeah. That's, the one, that's the one where the Lucha Bros won the one yeah. title. Yes, yes, you're right. I'm my bad. I, uh, I probably have that fourth, and I would, I would put the Revolution 2020 tag. Oh, man. I love that match. Through. I love that match. I love See? that match. Can't keep. I don't, I don't, even, I don't understand how you I mean, it's a company. It's things. a work rate company, man. They just put them out. I mean, honestly, every. <laughs> Every there's never been an AEW pay per view that didn't have like at least a four and a half star match on it, like at least one. That's very <laughs> true. They, that is the true. consistency of their their pay per views. They will they can't get it right on the actual regular shows, but under the pay per view is concerned, they're gonna give you the, the star studded match that they they want you to have. They're gonna that reminds give you some me good of wrestling. that reminds me of like Ring of Honor and its peak. Like it was like all the house shows and all the pay per view shows were like the greatest thing you've ever seen, and it's like. I mean, Dynamite isn't like ROH weekly level, but like, <laughs> but it just reminds me of the disconnect. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they kind of want to give you the, the the great matches on the regular show, but kind of does sometimes negate from what they deliver on the pay-per-views. But this one yeah. was just another level. And I, I got to agree with you. I, I think that it's in that top two top three conversation of the best AEW matches of all time for you, Chrissy. What did you think about, you know, your, your, your favorite Will Ospreay going at it with Will, with Kenny Omega and getting the win in that fashion. And what did you think about the interference of Don Callis into that match? Well, I mean, I did tell you that um, Don Callis would play a, a role in this, 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 um, this match. Um, especially once he was like, you know, Hey, I got the best people that can get you out of from the airport. They can just bring you down. No one will bother you. You know, we're going to their territory. Like once that happened, I was like, Oh yeah, he's going to have some type of uh, uh, interference. So he's going to like interfere and like make Kenny like somewhat like lose because again, you know, him and Kenny are not on the same squad anymore. And he's with the Blackpool combat and you know what, what better way to get more revenge and get half uh, Kenny mad at you is to make him lose. And that's what he did. And I was very, very, first of all, sitting on the edge of my bed watching this after he kicked out of that. I'm like, what happened? And you saw Will's face. He was like, like, what the fuck? Like, what's happening? Like, you saw the reaction. Romeo post. I was like, come on. Like, let's go. It's damn near like 30 something minutes in. Like, we, I'm ready for this to be over. I'm tired. <laughs> Couldn't put him away. Couldn't put Couldn't him away. But, you know, in the end, he had won. to go 40 minutes. Had They went 40 minutes, 40 minutes. They, went, they had to go longer than the other match, of course. Duh. Um, and I can't wait to see part three. If we get part three. 
And I agree with what John said earlier that Brian Danielson is the greatest wrestler I've ever seen. But man, does saying, Kenny Omega make that argument very hard? Because Kenny is having yes. a year, and, and not a lot of people are talking about it. I don't think right. I don't think people want to talk about it because they feel like it's it's old hat. This man's been Wrestler of the Year 2018, Wrestler of the Year 2021. It's 2017 doesn't get talked about as much as it should with the with the trilogy with Okada and then the G1 final with Naito. So. But, man, he is really getting to that GOAT level. Where do you think he ranks? Because we had this conversation on AE Ramble this week of the top five best in-ring workers that we've ever seen. Ooh, and yeah. I, I I said I said on that show, and I stand by it, Kenny Omega's number two behind Brian Danielson for me. He has, he has gone over guys like Shawn Michaels, Kurt yeah. Angle, yeah. Because of what what his in ring work means for the companies, it feels like it's greater than those guys. Even though those guys are all time great workers, mm -hmm. but it just feels that much more important because he's doing it for AEW, a New Japan like that. So that's why I kind of view him uh, at a higher regard, especially after this matchup. John, for you, where do you think Kenny Omega ranks? Kenny Omega is a top five, um, all five in ring wrestler easily. Uh, it's just. You know, the way he approaches wrestling, it's so different. Uh, and he yeah. said it. He said it himself. Like he's not. I'm not sure that Kenny Omega is one of those supermarket wrestling fans that grew up uh, <laughs> wanting to do what I see in the ring. He's getting his inspiration from other places. You know, like the the ideas he has to do things in matches don't come from like just tape study. Obviously, there's tape study involved, but it's not just studying wrestling. Right. It's studying. Right. A pop culture from all over the place and and that's the kind of stuff that makes a match like omega versus osprey possible because i mean this match is like this match had all of the kind of storytelling drama you find in like one of those bloodline matches but all the athleticism yes, yes, that yes. you find in like a new japan AEW match together like this amazing peanut butter and jelly sandwich it it's uh, it sounds not everybody can come up with that like you know, like you could do, you could be able to do all the moves you want, but not everybody could come up with that story. Like to do the to do the Don Callis people, I see a lot of people are bothered by the Don Callis thing. Some people can't even go full five stars because the Don Callis spot. That's wild. That Don Callis spot. What? He wasn't that even Don, there that long though. Like, that, but beyond that, that Don Callis spot to me, it was like genius because you subverted yeah. the whole WWE thing. Like you did the whole, you went through the whole nine yards, like all the way to the stab to the false finish. <laughs> Like I was sucked all the way in. I thought that was it. I was like, damn, yeah, they ruined this yeah. match. They didn't. That's not even a false finish. That's a false, like, bad booking. Like, we tricked you into thinking we booked it bad. <laughs> that's incredible. That's incredible. Incredible. This is next level stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I I will say, I will say this was like like the WWE fans love to say cinema. It was art. Yeah. It was we art. It was definitely art. I can definitely say we were all just like. We weren't even really like talking that much. We were just like, we were, well, at least for me, I know I was just staring at the TV, just like looking, just like in I, awe of like both matches, to be honest. And I, I feel like I, I missed the whole uh, Brian ROH run. So I don't even know that part of him. You know what I'm saying? So I'm getting to know this side now. And I see what you guys talk about and revert back to like, how did we not see this? When Why did they, they did such a disservice to him when they put him in WWE because he didn't do none of these things. I didn't. Right. I, but I he was, was still able, he was 
still able really to get over. I thought he was really corny, to be honest. And that's so part of what makes him. That's part of what makes him the greatest, because like he was able, like they gave him the worst of the worst. Like they kept throwing shit at him, like shit after shit after shit, and he kept turning it into chocolate cupcakes, like over and over and over and over and over again. Right, it's undeniable, undeniable. You can't hold him down no matter what. This guy is amazing. I was gonna talk about that Osprey and and Omega match real fast though, because I I know that the Tiger Driver spot was like a big discourse with everybody, but I. I had like an outer body, ex- out of body experience with that spot. Cause like I'm a big all Japan '90s fan. Like I'm a big Misawa guy. Like I saw that. I obviously you think Osprey's gonna go for the Storm Driver, but he drops that Tiger Driver '91. I hopped out of my seat. Like it was like a reflex. Like oh my god, like Tiger Driver. Uh, that was like for for whatever. I I, I swear everything that everybody felt seeing like Jimmy Uso Super Kick Roman Reigns finally like seeing that Tiger Driver. I know I had that same emotional connection to it. Like it was crazy to have that kind of emotional connection to an athletic spot in a wrestling match. Like there was not a story beat. Like obviously there was a story being told, but like that was just a spot. It gave me that kind of feeling. Like that match is incredible. Man. You just, mm-hmm. I could talk about it forever. Yep. I can. There's so there's so many different moments, like you said, the 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 screwdriver into the stormbreaker, and it's the fact that no one kicks out of the stormbreaker. So you think the match right. is over, and then he right. gets his foot on the ropes, and it's just like, oh, yes, like, they yes, got me, they yes, got me, they yes, got me. Yes. And then then Cinema. you have the. Then you have Don Callis. It's the little subtle things that I like. Yeah. Is Don Callis going to Will Osprey and saying, "Hit him with a Bushi's finisher." That will really get it to him. <laughs> <laughs> he hits him with the Kamagoye and then hits him with the One Eight Angel. And then every time you bring a Bushi's name to Cutty Omega in vain, he kicks out at two. He, I mean, kicks out at one. He kicks out at one every single time. He did that at Revolution Twenty Twenty. Did it here. Just so many great moments. Osprey with the with the Canadian flag. Him getting oh, revenge yes. for for Wrestle Kingdom, making him bleed in the same way. Then uh, Osprey bleeding on the steel steps. It's just like, yo, art, art. Uh, we got here in the chat. Excuse that. Um, <laughs> uh, we got Frantic World. It says Kenny versus Osprey was my favorite match so far this year. If we get match three at All In, it has to be two out of three falls. Do you think we get the all, the rematch at all in, or do you think they wait a little longer, Chrissy Love? Um, I think that they should do it at all in because then it'll make it at an in this will be like the next continent. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh yeah. Yep. And yeah. Then we, then we come back in January for for four. You can go back to Japan if you want. If you want to do a fourth match, I don't know right, if these guys so, got. I don't know if these guys should face uh, each other yeah. four times. I was gonna say I don't know if they should just for the sake of their own bodies. Because like, how do you keep escalating? Like the escalation from the first to the second match was crazy enough. Like I can't right, like, even how do, imagine. How do we, how do we what, up, one up each other for the next? Like, what can we do and sit down? How can we like one up this one? Because this one yeah. was like this is like the peak of it right now. So it's like, what can we do? So they don't want to like mess it up, I guess, or like do a disservice by giving a crap match. So you got to figure out how can we like elevate this to the next level. And this will be the third match in a different continent. So they've they've done three matches in different continents. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. It's also it's also Osprey's home country. Like it did Japan, which is where they both 
got big. Then you did Omega's home country. Now you do Osprey's home country. Like this, 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 this is sorry. Like, this is this is it. This is another story that's just like this is historic stuff. <laughs> I got to be a wrestling fan. Right. So, so I wonder to, if Paul and them watch this. Did they pay for it? Did they watch it? Or did they no, watch it? No, they I, I, I think they. I think he's been taught by Vince McMahon to like ignore everybody else. Maybe, maybe really? somebody may. Maybe somebody tries service. to pass it to him, but he might watch it like in in the dark. In <laughs> clips, <laughs> he's watching a highlight. I don't even know I if he like, has 40 minutes to sit. Like, he must have to watch it on the download and watch it on the plane or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. Busy guy. So you don't think that they were home watching it that day on Sunday? I, I think he was home probably fighting with Vince about what's going to happen on Monday. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> or fighting to see what's gonna, how we're going to figure out this pay-per-view. Right that's now, how he's going to Spends his weekends. He spends he's trying his weekends to, trying to stop Vince from giving Logan Paul the suitcase. <laughs> like, no. Uh, <laughs> See, that's um, how you I... get to Chrissy Love. Or <laughs> 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 having to imagine that. Um, so the wrap the of whole this Rondo effect, I swear. <laughs> wrap up this conversation about Osprey and Omega. Where do you think it ranks as far as the greatest in-ring rivalries? Because, I mean, I've never rated two matches back-to-back this high. I think that they are now, like, in my opinion, just underneath Omega and Okada as far as, like, the modern era of, like, two guys that just got in the ring and you always are going to see something memorable, classic. It, it's them. It's them and Okada and Omega, one and two for me. What about you, uh, John? That's a hard question. There's a lot. Like, I feel like I need to see how that third match goes. Like, I need to see how that third match goes because there's a lot of, I got a lot of series, it's match series, is this, whatever this plural is in my head. Like, I, I can think of, like, I think of Calcado Omega, I think of Angle Benoit, I think of freaking Brian uh, Nigel. I think of, like, I got a lot of, I got a lot of them in my head on my in my top ten, and I just need this one. Like I needed, first of all, I needed to be a minimum of three, so I do need that third match to happen, <laughs> uh, and then I can see where I rank it. But as of now, it looks like it's gonna sit really high. Like I might, if it, this second match honestly sits right next to the Osprey, uh, I'm Okada Omega stuff. Like this Osprey Omega two sits right next. To me. So if that third match escalates off of that. <laughs> yeah i i that's what i said i i think it's like top two right now just i'm just saying modern era i don't know all time because you got to throw in like ricky no, but I, I honestly feel like no i feel like it's i feel like it's all time like i don't even i don't even have a question about placing it in modern or trying to no it's gonna be it's an all-time thing like this is an all-time conversation like this is not like this is a real thing happening. Like we need to be grateful that we're witnessing this live. <laughs> uh, we got Nick, uh, Nikki Boy. He says if the third match hits, it could easily surpass Okada Omega. It's true. It's true. If they can t- even just stick on this level, like it got rated six stars by the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Uh, final question though for Chrissy Love here: What did you think was better, Okada Omega One or Okada Omega? I mean, excuse me. Oh, uh, Omega Osprey, Osprey one, one or Omega Osprey two. A lot of O's. A lot of, a lot of, o's. Yeah, a lot of there. O's. Um, I would go with number two for sure. Um, no, don't get me wrong. One was amazing. 
Um, but I feel like two surpassed it by a few other things. What about you, John? I'm going to go with two, two as well. (laughs) 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 It's, um, Honestly, it was just the way that they were able to build upon that first one. It's kind of like that spider the, the Spider Verse movies. Like you know, the first one was amazing, but they were able to build upon that. Like it's like, yeah, I'm gonna go with two. I'm I'm gonna be the contrarian here. I'm gonna go with one, one? only because only because I feel like it's an easy fix of the of the Don Callis coming back after the referee throws him out. If you just had Osprey throw him out. It fits into his character of wanting to do things on his own. If he throws out Don Callis and Don Callis just comes back because he's on the brink of losing, I think it's a little different and it doesn't take some people out that the referee threw him out and then is just standing there like an idiot while he interferes in the matchup. If you ask his caliber, he'll tell you that uh, Paul Turner was too busy <laughs> with the match. <laughs> That was a good attempt, I thought. He's trying to clean it up. He's just too busy. I don't know what he's gonna do. But that's how y'all felt when they did it for um the whole Roman one too, though. Y'all was like, oh, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was solo, right? Roman they got on. kicked out and they came back out. Right. <laughs> have the same energy, people. Have the exactly, same energy. Exactly. That's why. That's why I prefer. I didn't mind it, so I'm. I'm. Over. I have the same energy from before because I was like, okay, nobody listens to the rules anyway, so <laughs> who listens to referees? I'm gonna come back. Don oh, Callis well, came back. We already know did. that was gonna happen. Yeah. That's why I said, if you know he's gonna come back, then just have Osprey throw him out. That's no authority. Could have kicked out the security guards instead. They ended up doing nothing. They got they got two indie wrestlers to get to watch Omega versus Osprey front row. <laughs> He's that like, I really can cool. witness the greatest match. <laughs> I stayed in there for Thank 40 you. minutes. That was excellent. They stood there for 40 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, everyone else in the crowd stood up for 40 minutes too. So yeah. So they had to be on their feet too. It's only fair. But uh, <laughs> talking about the Brian Danielson injury, he's going to be out of action for a little while after he uh, first, they said, fractured his arm in the Forbidden Door main event. During the post-media scrum for the show, Danielson talked about how he suffered an arm fracture with about 10 minutes left in the matchup, noting that he is expected to be out for six to eight to six to eight weeks. Danielson also talked about using the final countdown for his entrance, a song that has been notorious for him since his time in ROH. And it's always been notoriously hard to get due to the cost that the band Europe have asked to license the song on whether the final countdown will be back as a regular theme. Uh, Brian said, I think that's a question for Tony because they want a zillion dollars per play. So uh, laughs, yeah, yeah. I didn't even ask. <laughs> for it to be honest tony came up with the idea i thought it was really cool and i was legitimately i was a little bit angry right before i went out there and then i heard final countdown play and it literally just put a smile on my face i said it out there at the end of the show but i legitimately don't think i've heard that song since i last came out to it in ring of honor on if he's going to stay more part-time he said he was planning to have more uh 
planning to wrestle on Wednesday this week. I don't think that's going to happen because in this match specifically, uh, we think I fractured my right arm with about 10 minutes left to go. So yeah, but talking to our doctors and I love the AEW medical staff and trainers, they think it's going to be six to eight weeks uh, before he's back in action. Uh, the stuff after Revolution, after the Iron Man matchup with Max, I had a torn labrum and some compressed vertebrae and all that stuff. And it's just normal wrestler stuff. I'm fine, but we just thought from a precautionary measure to hold off. That's what I love. I mean, I love our medical staff and we have an incredible training staff and I try to follow their direction. But... Then on Tuesday, Brie Garcia, Brie Bella, uh, Brian's wife, revealed that the injury was much worse than initially thought. Danielson noted in the post-media scrum that he believed that it was just an arm a fracture, but Garcia posted a picture of the x-ray to her Instagram story saying that the break is definitely worse than we thought. She says, not sure to be proud or chastised for uh, him for <laughs> wrestling 10 more minutes with this break. Definitely worse than we thought. Nurse Bree ready for action. And Danielson has said that he's expected to miss eight weeks, but that might change the forecast. And Fightful Select reports that the injury to Brian Danielson at Forbidden Door has derailed plans for AEW, and the company has had to adjust since then. The injury caused several creative adjustments as Brian was planned to wrestle more on TV after the pay-per-view, and he was also set to be involved in Blood and Guts next month in Boston. Danielson has been working backstage in a creative role as well and has been praised for his ideas so far. However, Danielson did not come up with the recent Championship Friday edition that we previously talked about. Tony Khan did instead. Danielson has been working Working on the first several weeks of Collision, though, and he has talked to Talon about the what they want their creative handled and was able to communicate things back and forth between creative and talent. So, all <sighs> that with Brian Danielson. What do you think about Brian Danielson? What back to back years not being able to be in Blood and Guts due to an injury? Uh, what do you think about his performance now in the light that? He had that broken. That was a broken bone right off his bone. Arm. Not even fractured. It was a bone. He's like the bionic man now. I feel like. Well, what do you think about uh, how that's going to change things for AEW moving forward, Chrissy? Um, uh, it's going to suck because he's definitely a good. Uh, he's played a great role, and um, I guess he can always still play the role. Like he can still be there. Just have his arm in a sling and he could be on commentary, you know, talking about the Blackpool combat. He like, you know, once he comes back or whatever after the surgery, he can still kind of like do, you know, behind the scenes stuff and do things. I feel like um, he just doesn't have to wrestle or whatever. And then when it comes to a point where he could just use his cast, like, you know, Cody or use somebody, <laughs> use your cast or whatever to, you know, fight people or hit people. I don't know. <laughs> Um, John, what do you think about Brian's injury and how do you think that this is going to affect AEW moving forward, especially with Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite going towards blood and guts? I can imagine they had some sort of singles program planned for him at uh, All In, All Out, Shit, both of them probably. Oh, yeah. uh, that's going to be a big, that's going to be a big loss. I mean, the stadium sold anyway, but like the Brian match is a big, that's a large attraction whatever it was going to be like it sucks um i mean not being in blood and guts two years in a row honestly i think with brian like having an okada match and then he was going to wrestle ishii on wednesday like we probably like we, we probably shouldn't be having him go out we probably should 
calm him down sometimes because like, he, <laughs> right, he forgets right. like he forgets he can break uh, it's easy to break that's the problem yeah. <laughs> i'm almost i'm almost relieved like all right we're gonna put him away for now like that's fine when he comes back out we can get right into the okada thing <laughs> like fine for fine forever you figure it's not gonna be six to eight weeks it's a clean break yeah. it's gonna be like yeah. he'll be back for full gear or something you know? <laughs> yeah definitely next a whole year and it's unfortunate because i was hoping to see him you know in london but hey but um, as for the creative stuff, I'd like to see him continue. I don't see why. Exactly. You can't. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks after the surgery, call him. He can do it on the iPad. Or, you know, like, <laughs> Work. You got a steel working remotely. Why yeah, not? I know. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, we'll all hope uh for a speedy recovery for brian mm-hmm, danielson but mm-hmm. like 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 john said i think we're gonna wait till like later this <laughs> fall or winter uh for his return uh after what many Shoot, uh, about, i'm thinking february march man like oh well maybe a whole year who knows i don't like, know if you could tie him down that long i think yeah, just I know, uh, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing with yeah she's just like that's why she said what she said in her her tweet she's like i don't know yeah. if i should be like mad or like you know whatever but she knows that she cannot like it's just is what he does this is what makes him happy and you, you can't hold him back but you know you gotta be like oh well you're not a bionic man friend like you know you got you we need you here you have two children <laughs> like hello <laughs> i need help with these children brian right. um <laughs> <laughs> But after what many view as a match of the year candidate, Fightful Select had reports on the condition of both Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay as there were concerns about their condition coming out of the matchup. Neither Omega nor Ospreay were in bad shape after the match, and Omega told several people that he was fine. This was following what was uh, many called the, the move of the matchup, the Tiger Driver 91. Mm. Uh, the two did return backstage after the matchup to a standing ovation, and many people on the roster had high praise for the matchup which was said to be meticulously planned much like their match at Wrestle Kingdom was and at one point Osprey hit that Tiger Driver 91 which dropped the latter uh, Omega on his head in the latest episode of Wrestling Observer Radio it was noted that surprisingly Omega is said to be doing okay after the match however it's unknown if he had to look at or even given x-rays at that time but wow all these spots, all this action, do you guys think it's worth it? Because we got such a great match, do you think that it's worth it for these guys? Because that's been kind of the internal conversation that John was talking about, how there's been a lot of discourse of, was this worth doing in this matchup? I'm like, yeah. John, I, yes. I think that was one of the best moments of the matchup. That's one of the I'm matches. I'm sorry, what, what, the what's this he said now? Huh? <laughs> I said, what uh, said no. It's no, a there's bunch been a of, lot of people. It's it's like half people that might actually be concerned, but I feel like a lot of it is like people are concerned for the sake of conversation. Oh well, yes. I don't think that it was worth the move. Like it could have been good without it. Like complaining for the sake of complaining. Like they did not. Everybody's fine. Like if if he would have got hurt, then you know, well, that's a conversation to have. But like, he didn't right. even get hurt. You complaining about a a what if? The, this is the art of entertaining. Here. Hello. This is what they came to do. They came to entertain us. They're going to give us everything in the kitchen sink. On top of that, it's Osprey and Omega. Like You're talking about two of the best performers on They're the planet. They're not going to have to ask it. Yeah. Anything they want to do is worth gonna, it. 
Okay. Right. <laughs> like what? And Tony is side is co-signing everything. You want to do that? Sure. He's like, go ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> He's I like, would. that's going to be so cool. It's right. going to be so cool. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's he's so like, he's like the he's fun so dad. He's so awkward. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, you seen he's him at the, 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 um, the press conference. I was like, what is, what is happening? Like, he's so socially awkward, I swear. When Chris Jericho came out, I was like, what is happening? He's like, okay, yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. He was just so <laughs> awkward. Like, he's that awkward dad that no one, the uncool dad, I feel like. He, he has cool a whole bunch of dad jokes already. He's yes. only what? He's forty now. Is he though? I think yeah. I think he is. I think he's yeah. He's a few years older than us. So I mean, hey, uh, we got here in the chat. We got uh, Frantic World who says Jeff Cobb was like, "That's my boy," and the elite was like, "Kenny will get his his title back soon." Uh, yes, they were. <laughs> we got Street Crash who says the Wrestle Kingdom match was just as tough. That Osprey bump on the turnbuckle was nasty. Most of the discussion is bad faith AEW argument, in my opinion. I agree I with agree, what yeah. John said. And what's that? It's mostly the people that don't like AEW and don't yeah. like positivity mm. about AEW yeah. who create that type of conversation. True. Unfortunately, okay. it, it is what it is. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not saying that WWE doesn't have them, their people that are just against everything WWE. But to be fair, that was because of years of abuse from the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people never really people don't just don't understand that. Like even before AEW, this has been a thing. Like when we were just enjoying Ring of Honor in New Japan, WWE yeah. fans were like, you, "You hate WWE, so we hate what you hate." It's a not. It's a never-ending cycle. The marks. It is. <laughs> Battle of the marks. Yes. Battle of the marks. Uh, and, and then finally, from Forbidden Door, they were a big success on the box office, as is the new old holder for the title of the biggest live gate in AEW history. Tony Khan announced on Sunday that the event grossed $1.2 million live, mm. making it AEW's top live gate and one of the three biggest live gates in Canadian pro wrestling history. Khan wrote that tonight, hashtag Forbidden Door in Toronto is officially the biggest live gate in AEW history at about $1.2 million and is one of the top three biggest live gates in the history of pro wrestling in Canada. You can watch the show right now live. Uh, it should be noted that this is only for shows that have already taken place. And Khan said that the ticket sales for AEW All In in London has topped $8 million. And during the post media scrum for Forbidden Door, AEW CEO. CEO Tony Khan announced that the pay-per-view event had more buys than last year's Forbidden Door, as well as Double or Nothing back in May. And while Khan did not give an exact number, last year's Forbidden Door had about 127,000 buys, while this year's Double or Nothing had about 140,000 buys. So it was a success as far as pay-per-views, a success as far as the box office is like Forbidden Door going to be kind of like viewed after the first two years, kind of big success as far as kind of feedback afterwards, as well as what is done in the box office. Do you think that Forbidden Door is going to be up there as far as like the go-to pay-per-view for, for wrestling fans to look forward to moving forward, John? I think if they could keep booking shows like this one, then absolutely. I mean, <laughs> come on. Like, I, I don't, I honestly, but I don't know how you top it, but then, that's not my job, right? They yeah. tend to be they tend to be really good at that. <laughs> He's like, it's not up to me, it's up to y'all. Yeah. What about you, Chrissy Love? 
Um, yeah, I think it can be one of those big main pay-per-views for AEW. Like something like you bringing these two big companies together, why not make it big? I, I, bet- I see them going to making it like more of like a WrestleMania thing when they're going to make it like big stadiums and like the more people that we can pack in here, the better. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, I think I, I can see Tony expanding the amount of promotions that are involved uh, with Forbidden Door. Particularly with stardom, first of all. <laughs> like I, I feel like we're definitely going to see a stardom match next year. Like yeah. after all the chatter after, this year, yeah. and he's gonna make he's got to make it happen, especially after everybody was talking about that in the lead up to the show. Not just Mercedes Monet and then bust. That's right. basically yeah. what he yeah. did this year. <laughs> but, but kudos to Willow and Tony. We didn't get to yeah. talk about them because these were two ladies that were not even supposed to be in this match at all. And they killed it, I feel like. You know, for the women, it was the only women's match on the card itself. And I felt like they did an amazing job. Uh, we don't, they, everyone is talking about, you know, Will and Kenny, which is rightfully so. But like, give these ladies some credit as well, because these are two ladies that weren't even considered to be at this spot. But yet they made it and they did, they, they turned lemon into lemonade. And it was something that we were just drinking all up, at least me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, if it was if it wasn't for the the tiger driver, the stiffest bump I saw all night was Willow giving <laughs> Tony the Death Valley driver. That, that shit, she landed right on her head on the apron. I thought yes. she was really dazed right there. Yes, so, yes, yes. <laughs> nah, I agree. Tony and Willow, they definitely had a good matchup on the show. But before Forbidden Door, they had AEW oh, Collision yes. in Toronto, uh, which did five hundred ninety-five thousand viewers, which is twenty-seven percent down from last week. When when they did 816 uh we had in the main event though jay white juice robinson and the guns defeating ricky starks ftr and cm punk in an excellent eight-man tag team main event following the matchup uh none other than the guns joined up with the bang bang gang as they put up the guns to end the show together you also had sting and Darby Allen, they introduced Tensuya Naito as their tag team partner, leading into their win at Forbidden Door against Lazuki Gods, Chris Jericho, <laughs> Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. You had Andrade El Idio beat Brody King via disqualification after interference from Buddy Matthews in a very good encounter. And you also had Hiroshi Tadahashi defeating Swerve Strickland in a, to kick off the in-ring action on the show ahead of his matchup against MJF at Forbidden Door. So what do you think about the ratings fallout uh, for Collision? 20, what is it? 27% down from the first week. This is kind of the same percentage that was down from the first Dynamite to the second Dynamite, from the second week of, of Rampage to the third week of Rampage. So do you think that it's just a pattern or do you think that the show needs something else to make it a hook for wrestling fans? John? I think it's a. I think it's a little early. I think is yeah. the pattern has to develop. Like the the habit has to develop for people. Like they have they have to. I feel like what does it take? Like twenty one days or something. Like three four weeks worth of collision. I think it's unfortunate though that they doing that they're doing the collision. It's like a the Canada taping is a lot of tapings because tape shows don't always get that uh, same attention. 
Like tonight's show is already a little less interesting because they spoiled everything on Twitter. I just wanted to get online and I already know everything that's happening tonight. <laughs> they don't they don't allow you to be at peace. You go online, you're gonna find out everything. You oh, just, you just tape, scroll right? one. Yeah. Yeah. All you have to do is for the next four weeks or something. Oh. No, no, no. I think what? no, I think the, the eighth and the fifteenth are live. Okay, because I saw a bunch of Thursday, uh, Thursday uh, collisions on their schedule. I think that's more for August, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, oh God! Because <laughs> yeah, the next two are live. Because you got, I think, okay, it's sweet. Be Punk versus the winner of tonight's main event, and you're gonna have, uh, I think, the women's side with Willow and Athena on that show mm -hmm, on the eighth. Mm -hmm. They really gonna do Punk versus Joe on a random collision in Canada? That's a little crazy, man. But um, <laughs> I, I'll watch it. I'm I'll not the watching. guy in charge. I don't. Got I'm not, I don't run this place. <laughs> oh, Chrissy, Chrissy, love. What do you think about uh, Collision going dropping down in the ratings? But also, what do you think about the main event that saw the Guns joining up with the Bang Bang Gang Bullet Club Go? Um, first question. Um, the ratings um it's when it's a saturday guys like you have to you know remember it's, it's a saturday this summer people are doing things so it's not going to always be a consistent thing um but yes from the original first show they just you know we spoke about it like it's just a record it just seems like a regular like house show that was just re recorded like we don't understand like how it is so you have to just give it time for it to like develop and like figure out like what are we watching you understand so I feel like they'll they'll come at they'll be a consistent pace eventually soon. This is what what week three now. So yeah. I mean, literally like just started. Like give it a chance. I mean, it's not going to be number one right out the gate. So you know you just have to figure it out. Main event wise, loved it. Love that the guns are now part of the Bullet Club. This is a great space for them. They'll be on more TV more. They'll be more obnoxious. And what better way to have the guns with the Bang Bang group? Duh, like it's so so good. And Jay White needs these people with him so that he can just stand there, you know, like like let the guns do the yeah. work. Yeah. It does make him look more uh it, it makes him look more like a main event when you got guys who are your lackeys. You know, like it's just the image thing. It's very true. Like out of this out of this show was the best I felt for Jay White since he came to AEW. Like it felt like that was a big win for them because not a lot of uh, you thought after last week when they won the trios matchup, they were going to win this week as well. CMFTR and Ricky. And then for them to lose that way, I was just like, Oh, I love this match. Yeah. This is one of my favorite yeah. matches I've yeah. seen on TV. <laughs> it was a great match. I got to say, I love, match. I love the way yeah. they format collision. I really like collision and it really does feel like a different show from dynamite. I got a feeling like after I, as time goes on, they're gonna start attracting a weird audience. Like, to, like you're gonna get all the Cornette fans are finally gonna start watching AEW. It's gonna be like it's on Saturday. They all watch the Saturday show now. <laughs> all the anti Buck fans are here. Sit, I get a feeling it'll sit around six or seven hundred thousand every every on average. That sounds like a good number. I mean, a million anytime they run a big big match on a Saturday, but six seven hundred thousand is still uh. A lot of one thing people don't really consider is that it's still like two or three times more viewers than whatever was airing on Saturdays yeah. on TNT. Mm -hmm. At that point, they're very happy with one million. They're very happy with five hundred thousand. They're like, "This is good stuff. Keep it coming. Keep it coming." It's just happy the product is being watched, basically. Yeah, yeah this this week, yeah, the commercials are being watched. 
<laughs> yeah, this week's collision did uh, 0. 0.21 in the 18 to 49 demo. I think they were averaging 0. 0.09 before that. Yeah. So, <laughs> even with the rating going down, they're they're still like, oh no, you're we're doing, still doing, you're doing great, guys. Yeah, you're yeah. doing great, guys. This is what this is this is pretty much what we expected, and this similar to what they expected with Dynamite before. They wanted Dynamite to do 500 thousand a week, and then it just blew up the way that it did. So. Got to love the rate, the wrestling ratings and people that don't know what they're talking about when they usually talk yeah. about it. That's yeah. But the number's the going down. The company's <laughs> in the mud, bro. <laughs> it's all it's all rating down uh, in in the news coming out of collision and forbidden door. CM Punk and the elite were kept apart uh, from each other at forbidden door, according to a new report. Fightful Select reports that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were put on a completely different side of the arena from Punk at the pay-per-view. And after some confusion following Dynamite, Tony Khan announced on Thursday that Punk will be doing commentary for Roderick Strong's uh, Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament quarterfinal matchup against Samoa Joe. So uh, keeping them apart, how do, how sustainable do you think that's going to be oh for AEW? I don't know that it's a. I don't know that it's sustainable. I don't know that it. I, I don't know that it should be something that they think is gonna last forever. I don't know that anybody actually thinks that. Like I feel like they, at least somebody, somebody somewhere in charge of something thinks that this is gonna come to an end because this little band aid over uh, cracking the dam isn't gonna help anything. I think. I think whatever legal situation is keeping them apart is only making it worse. Uh, whatever NDA they signed or whatever uh, maybe restraining order I guess whatever they have because I mean if they, it kind of it feels like a restraining order like if we put CM Punk 500 feet away from them on the other side of this building <laughs> technically <laughs> technically they're fine uh, but I, whatever it is they, it's got to end so that they can talk because they have to Talk. I mean, they, they don't have to like each Why hasn't Tony paid for a mediator to come in and uh, get someone that they know that is a neutral person to talk to them? What's what's happening? They, they tried they that tried. The, the night of that. Of yeah. that <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. I take that back. Sorry. <laughs> the bugs. The bucks went in with the yeah. legal person and still got yeah. hit with a chair and a right. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. wait. This is really this way. What? Oh yeah. Yeah, they went in they went in with the legal the legal person for AEW. They went into CM Punk's locker room. That's what made it that's what made it hard to keep under wraps. Like you know normal wrestlers fight all the time. Like it doesn't matter. Like they're just men, right? Men get into arguments and fights all the time. We're human. But it happened in front of the chief legal aide of the company. <laughs> like the lady like she's like one of Tony Khan's good friends. Like she and she was probably yeah. horrified. She don't know nothing about wrestling. Probably, and these oh giant god. men are killing each other. They try. He's biting one of them. Is biting the other one. Oh like, my god! You yeah. gotta be kidding me. She was probably scary. writing the paperwork as she saw as it was happening. <laughs> no, this will never happen again. Look at these damn hoes. Like seriously, all right, look at all of them. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, she probably was taking notes the entire time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't know how long this is gonna last, but. It does not sound sustainable at all that they're eventually going to have to talk and work with each other. And that's kind of what Frantic World is saying in the chat as well. He says, I think Punk and the Elite will work together soon. 
I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, the, the more they're around each other, I guess it's gonna be better. Uh, but I can imagine the person hope. backstage, backstage going with the measuring tape. Like, okay, that's fifty feet. That's it's 50. honestly they can be in that locker room. It's wild that they're gonna run this show, this Wembley Stadium show, like the biggest AEW show, one of the biggest wrestling shows of all time, and they're not gonna run like the biggest possible match that they have in their roster. It's crazy. That's crazy to me that they would allow that to happen. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe, hopefully, there we just have to wait it out, wait a it's, few months. And it's not even the three men. Like you could throw the six man away, like Omega and Punk. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that, yeah, that's your that's your big match. Like if you don't want to work with the Bucks, that's fine. That Omega Punch, that Omega and Punk match has to happen. I mean, the environment it's gonna be fun it's to fun. see uh, elite fans and Punk fans trying to kill each other. Like that's they already <laughs> are. But if you put it on TV <laughs> and, and confront are, them. Yes. Oh, that's gonna Damn. be so fun. That's gonna be so toxic. I can't I can't <laughs> wait. See, I told you they're messy hoes. Y'all didn't want to believe me. See? The toxicity. The toxicity. They like the they're, they're all like the housewives, you know? They love each other, but they really cannot stand each other. It's so annoying. You was a messy hoe. You a messy, messy hoe. That's um, it. You a messy hoe. <laughs> AEW Dynamite this week. They did uh eight hundred and nine thousand viewers. So another big loss for AEW as they did over nine hundred thousand last week. But uh the show featured John Moxley defeating Tomohiro Ishii in a hard hitting opener with Eddie Kingston at ringside wearing a D block shirt. Yes, he's the most New Yorker uh professional wrestler ever. Uh the elite. <laughs> he then got into a whole confrontation with Moxley with Renee Paquette trying to get in the middle. You also had the Elite get the win over Dark Order in an action-packed trios matchup with Hangman being in the middle. But post-match, the Blackpool Combat Club jumped the Elite along with Kanosuke Takeshita and laid a, laid them out. John Moxley hit Hangman Adam Page in the head with a screwdriver that busted him open as the Dark Order just watched and left their former friend. And then John Moxley challenged the Elite for Blood and Guts on July 19th in Boston. You also had MJF and suggest that he and Adam Cole bond as a tag team in their Blind Eliminator tournament. So they had a bros weekend. And we also got the reveal that Swerve in Our Glory will be reunited in the Blind Eliminator tournament as oh Keith God. Lee will team with his former tag team partner Swerve Strickland to face Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen next Wednesday in the first quarterfinal match. And of course, you got to bring up Sting, who uh -huh. is 64 years old and crazy as he teamed with Darby Allen to beat Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara in the main event, a crazy tornado tag team matchup, which had Sting with a death-defying ladder dive onto Sammy Guevara, crashing through a table, Sting and Darby Allen getting the win over the sex gods. John, what did you think about Sting's death-defying dive? And <laughs> how long do you think this oh is going to last? Oh, my God, Sting. Sting, Sting, Sting. He scares me sometimes. I was <laughs> when he was, they had that shot of that fan that was like, oh, my God. That was, like, how I felt in the that house. Seeing him climb up this, the ladder, I'm like, no. Because I thought he was going to do a coffin drop. I was like, no, my God. <laughs> and the tables were already so far away. I don't know that he's gonna be doing it for much longer, though. I mean, he you, the way really he was talking, body and the people, because that's something that you just can't like. I think that's regularly. his thing. He trusts the people yeah. here for sure. <laughs> like, 
uh it kind of reminds me of like his tna run like he says he's gonna retire like i'm gonna retire uh when this contract is up and then it's like nah this is too fun i keep i love it <laughs> but i think he's starting to realize you know, the way he was talking in the pre- in the press conference about how uh he was feeling like he was broken down last um Two years ago at Grand Slam, when he had that great match with FTR oh, yeah. and Darby, yeah. yes, and he so did like, the um the 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 uh, yeah. the thing with the crap from the crowd too. Yep, yes, yep, that's yeah. the thing. Okay, yeah. He, so I'm like, if he felt broken down then, like, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how he must feel now. I wonder right, how he, right. after, especially after uh, because like after Bidden Door, he took a couple of funny bumps, like, and I was yeah. worried for him there, like even without the ladder. I think he took like a. A cutter onto the top of his head, and I was like, "Did he break his neck?" Like, "Oh my god!" And then, and then he didn't roll out the way in time for Sammy six thirty. He just got crushed. yo. That that one was <laughs> crazy because he looked like he was about to move, but he moved too late and he's yeah. too old to move that fast. It made it so made it worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made it worse. And then he got up after Sam- Sammy stayed down. And he, got <laughs> he got up and no sold it. <laughs> so I just feel like. Maybe he's gonna start thinking about retirement soon, unless he comes out and in his next performance he kills it, and then he's gonna be like, you know what? I got three years in me. Well, years ago, right? <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be mad at that though. He's probably going to do that for sure. He's probably gonna be like, let's wait till I'm seventy. I just don't want to see him become the Undertaker. You know, like yes. I, I'm, I mean... I'm so proud of him for not being the Undertaker right now. Like I feel like that's a big badge of honor for me. Like I get to slap Undertaker fans with it sometimes. Like. Look what your old version of your guy was doing, and look at mine. Yep. <laughs> That's actually really true, though. That's so crazy. Wow. Yeah, hmm. I, don't, I just don't want him to become the Undertaker. Then I don't have that anymore. Then I have to admit, it, like, <laughs> damn, I have yeah. to start begging him to retire. <laughs> exactly. We don't want to get to that point. Sting fans, we've been through too much already. We lost him for too long, multiple times. So we we need to Joyce in this Joyce in this. multiple times uh, man damn we have we have he, he left after WCW is done we thought we'd never see him again then he pops up in TNA he had multiple times in TNA where they was like okay he's going I know he's back he's going I know he's back so they did that plenty of times he was there and then when he left TNA we thought it was done and then shows up in WWE and then after the neck injury. So that's like I just named like six, seven times already. I laugh now about the neck injury because I just like to imagine he's just like this booking is this booking is atrocious. Like you know when my back hurts, my neck hurts. I think I'm I think it's broken. I think it's broken. I checked. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going home. <laughs> That's hilarious if he did. <laughs> oh, we got uh straight cash who says Sting is a wild man. I love the dedication. I, I do. He's the, he's not the Undertaker, like Francis Herald said. He's not the uh, he's not Ric Flair. He still just has that kind of that hunger in him to just kind of show out and steal the show, as we saw on Dynamite. And it's also like the thing where he doesn't do it all the time. Like he's either either ringside, he doesn't wrestle all the time. Um and I mean, Undertaker wasn't wrestling all the time, but I feel like he's more fit than these gentlemen were too. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah, I think he's he still got had... his hip. He still got right. his hip. <laughs> it's me. He don't have Patrick Ewan knees, you know, things like that. <laughs> so you know, he still like got. He still can run and do these things. Like all those things play a factor. So he hasn't had as much surgery as the other guys. So I think he can still like move with the best of them. And they they know what spots to give him. Like he doesn't have to do a whole like 10, give me like five minutes here 
two over here, and then I'm good. Then we can like you know, you guys do all the stuff. Like let Darby and all the younger guys do it. Yeah, he's picking his spots in the right way, so that's what's kind of preventing him from running out of time already. But because I'm grateful for this extra time with Sting, uh, we got Straight Cash who says Swerve in a match with three people he hate the most in AEW is hilarious. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is yeah. true. That's great. Uh, we got Vicentia who says uh, these giant men are killing each other. Is uh, where so where were Kenny, the Bucks, and Punk when that fight happened? What? what? what I don't know. Happened? Oh, I think <laughs> they're trying to imply that they're small. Like you think because you see them on TV and they may be a little skinnier than some of the larger wrestlers that if you stand next to them as a person, they aren't considerably larger than you right. are. Like. <laughs> Those are big people, okay? Are, yeah. When you spin them all next to each other, yes, absolutely. Have you, have you actually seen Kenny Omega? <laughs> like, have you looked exactly. at him? I have. I can tell Seriously. you. Seriously. <laughs> we got Romeo in the chat who's talking about Sting, who says Sting needs an intervention. <laughs> no, he doesn't. You don't have to do this anymore. We can I just mean, cut it down. Yeah, we can just cut it down to two balcony leaps a year. Then you can sustain this. <laughs> <laughs> well, in AEW news coming out of Dynamite, well, coming out of Forbidden Door as well, they made the announcement that AEW will be returning to Chicago on Labor Day weekend, culminating with AEW All Out at the United Center, which will be a double shot uh, with United Center hosting Collision the night before and the now arena hosting AEW Dynamite and Rampage on Wednesday night, August 30th. AEW has some plans in place for their top angles through All Out, according to a new report. Uh, it was according to Fightful Select. Sources state that some of the top storylines are tentatively planned through the September 3rd pay-per-view, which takes place in Chicago. It is also noted that the show has been on schedule as taking place in the United Center for months now. Do you think that these plans are kind of up in the air now? Because AEW has been dealing with a lot of injuries as of late, whether it's to, you know, Jamie Hayter, you got Brian Danielson that's now injured and going to be out. They've had, uh, you know, other things kind of out of their hands, like for Forbidden Door, you had Mark Davis who went down to an injury that we didn't get FTR versus Aussie yeah. Open, which was they were building for that in the spring. Then you couldn't get Mercedes Monet in there as well. So do you think that... AEW can sustain these plans for what they are now after the Danielson injury going into all out. What do y'all think? I think Tony's really, as we've seen in the last few years, like it, uh, an injury may he may rearrange re rearrange. What am I, Elmer Fudd? <laughs> nah, he might rearrange things. He might have to take a wrestler from one place and place him into. Brian Danielson yeah. slap, but ultimately he kind of sticks to the notebook. The notebook is his guy, his guiding light, his north star. Like, and if we have to wait for something, we will wait for something. Like Chris Statlander, <laughs> Chris Statlander was gonna win the belt nine months ago. You know what? Jade will just hold it for nine months. We'll sit here. We'll wait. <laughs> like, That's fine. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, whatever we whatever we don't get to see at Wembley that he had planned for Wembley, we'll probably see it in new in. At full gear or something, you know, like yeah, <laughs> like that's how it works here, and I like it that way. Honestly, yeah, honestly. 
I do. I do too. I, you know, we, we wait a few months for stuff because of injuries and stuff out of his control, but at least he delivers on most of the angles that they do, even though they do have some that they just drop out he of nowhere. Like didn't Kenny go to Japan to find a friend one week? <laughs> he came back with no friends. He came back with no friends. <laughs> What are we As doing? it turns out, they don't like me over there. I'm sorry. <laughs> As it turns out, they were turning me back for two years before we are in a partnership. Um, following Adam Cole, unfortunately, missing Forbidden Door due to suffering an illness that pulled him out of his matchup with Tom Lawler. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, caught the same illness and was pulled from her scheduled Dynamite matchup against Ruby Soho in the Owen Hart Women's Tournament. Soho and Baker will face next wednesday on dynamite so hoping that uh she is doing well hope that adam cole is doing well as well and then, i know he was he was back on wednesday so i don't think they would have had him back that quick if he had covid and brit was like brit was like backstage at double or nothing in like a three yeah. second cameo too right so I feel yeah. like if they had COVID, they would have put them in a cage somewhere <laughs> 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 It was like, we ain't going to rest like, this. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Don't you live with him? You in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> well, last night you had AEW Rampage wrapping up everything for AEW in a crazy week since last Saturday as you had Claudio Castanoli defeating Commander in a fun opener to retain the ROH World Championship via knockout because he knocked him out with a European uppercut in midair, which looked legit. It did. Uh, you also had uh, Johnny TV and QT Marshall defeating Brother Zay and Matt Hardy. After the matchup, they beat down on them some more, as well as beating down on Ethan Page until the acclaim came down to make the save. And you also had in the main event, Hokara Shida defeating Taya Valkyrie in a good main event matchup to raise up the, the rankings in the women's division. So good action from the women. Good Claudio and Commander matchup. Even though that finish looked very weird. On Disgusting. Show. I loved it. It's weird. It reminds me of the of the of the giant swing finish with Jericho. Like you never yeah. expect that to be a finish, but here we are. Uh, and Claudio's uppercuts, like his uppercuts, have been one of his trademarks for so long. So to be able to see him finish things with these trademark moves that he doesn't get to, that we haven't been able to see him finish matches with in a long time, I think it's so cool. Yeah, because yeah. we would never see that in WWE during nope. this time. Right? Definitely not. I, I knew he was a great wrestler and, and good and everything, but my God, they just dumb people down. I'm so sorry. Like, you get to wrestle your ass off over here. And, and over there, you're going to wrestle, but you're not going to wrestle like to that. Like, people wrestle over there, but they these guys are wrestling, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a it's a a, a time old story. Like you just you look back and you see like Taz, and then you see Vader, and then you see Dusty, and then he's like, you're just like, this has been happening for my entire life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. It's just the WWF way. <laughs> <laughs> WWF, WWE, don't matter the letters. It's just the same culture. Same that's what culture, they're getting. Yep. Dumb, they dumb. just cut they they cut down yeah they cut down so much of what these guys can can do and offer and then say, even someplace uh, i was gonna say can't say it doesn't work for them i mean here well, they yeah. are today more popular than they've ever been more money than they've ever made it just doesn't entertain me as much as a a dude who's putting his entire will and passion and what's <laughs> left of his life into his performance like <laughs> 
it doesn't it doesn't life. match up. <laughs> oh man, but yes, it was a crazy week for AEW. A lot of great action, and I want to thank John for joining us to talk all about it. Appreciate you taking the time out of your Saturday to join us, sir. Please let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on, Dirt Sheet Radio, and across all your podcasts that you do, sir. So you can find me at Dirt Sheet Radio on Twitter. You can find Dirt Sheet Radio on Facebook. I'm also on the Major Issues podcast where we talk about pop culture news. We review movies, comic books, and superhero stuff all the time. And then there's the Dirt Sheet Radio podcast. Be sure to check that out. Thank you guys Absolutely. for having me. Yes. <laughs> we picked a good week. We, we had to yes. talk about Forbidden yes. Door. And thank you so much, man. You always add a lot of insight. And I know you are a diehard wrestling fan, but you also do great stuff in the wrestling media. So happy to always have you, bro. Thank you. Thank, thank you, man. I love being on. You guys have a good you guys have a good one. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Thank you. You too, brother. Take, Take care, man. Got to highlight some comments here in the live chat with us. Oh, excuse me. Gave him the spotlight as he's going <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, no, a couple of comments I wanted to highlight here. We got Fitzendio says Sting is selective with his high spot. Smart man, leave uh, the crazy to Jeff Hardy. So <laughs> he had to say, Damn, Jeff had to catch a stray. Jeff needs to go sit down and have several seats. Jeff is not Jeff is some Jeff needs serious help, seriously. Well, 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 we 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 know about his his addictions, but come on. He 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 gave us so many great memories because of his style. Yes, now that yes, you can definitely say that, but it's getting t- the the light is dimming is getting tarnished now, I feel like. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, a couple of more comments I wanted to highlight here. We got Negro Buck, who's upset Chicago, saying, boo, Chicago, boo. We also got Romeo. Right, who like, says, you're not sick of Chicago now? Like, y'all not sick of traveling over there? Nope. They, they love them Chica- some Chicago. Punk uh, land. <laughs> we got Romeo, who says, been a while since they've been to Chicago. Happy for them. Rolls eyes emoji. Don't forget that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Best part about that. that in there. Vicentia says, "In ring, Kenny is bigger and better than either of uh, those those people, I guess, or the Young Bucks. Oh, excuse me, either um, of the Young Bucks. Yeah, I mean, Kenny is better than the Young Bucks, but that don't mean that the Young Bucks aren't one of the greatest tag teams of all time. To be fair, true, to them. very true." Uh, we also got here, Vicentia says, only dislike on Statlander coming back is Taya had to turn heel after being a babyface for months. I'm okay with it because Taya works better as a heel. As a I don't heel? know about what you think. Um, I have not seen her much as a face, but I've always seen her as a heel. So, yes, I have to agree with you on that. But it's like, okay, you got to give her some stuff to do to you make her, make, you know, give that heel effect. Yeah, she had a good match with Sheeta. I don't yes, know if you, you saw it. What did you think? Um, I thought the match was great. I, I think she is amazing. Um, both ladies did amazing work. Um, but yeah, I guess Taya can definitely work more as the bad guy, being the heel and a female. I think she could be more badass or whatever. Maybe her ring gear can interpret that and then go from there. That's a step in the right direction for sure. But 
Let's talk about some WWE. Our special guest going to be joining us in a little bit here as you had WWE SmackDown, which was yesterday afternoon for us here on the on the East Coast as it was uh, airing at 8 p.m. in the UK. And we did our watch along for that Friday Night Warriors. But you had... Uh, some more bloodline drama as they had the final in- in confrontation between uh, the Usos, Roman Reigns, and Solo Sokoa, leading to a huge brawl after the Usos said that their vote to be tribal chief was going to Solo Sokoa, and then a brawl <laughs> broke out. <laughs> brawl broke That's out with, with the security and officials coming out to separate the family as Jay Uso did a big dive to end the show. You also had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens defeating Pretty Deadly in a very red hot opener to the show to retain the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. Asuka versus Charlotte Flair went to a no contest after Bianca Belair, who purchased a ticket to be front row, got involved after being struck by Flair. <laughs> in the front row wow. t- taking them both out taking, taking them both, both out, out yeah and you also had austin theory beat ridge holland in a championships contender matchup post-match sheamus made the save for ridge holland after theory kept attacking him so really <laughs> really good show as far as the the crowd heat and then yeah. didn't mention there you had logan paul on the grayson uh, waller effect uh, and la knight got the biggest pop ever during yeah that matchup Good for him, but he's from Australia, right? No, LA Knight. I think he's from America. I'm pretty sure. Oh, he's America. Oh, sorry, oh. my bad. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Solely five. What did you think about uh, SmackDown in the latest chapter with the Bloodline? Um, I think that it was very, very done well. Um, because again, we don't know what how it's going to happen, so we don't know like. I still don't real know who, who would win the match. I, I pick Roman and Solo, but it can go either way, to be honest, and I won't be upset about it because they're going to probably do this again or they're going to just make it where it's going to be like one-on-one with the brothers versus brothers or it's going to be like, you know, Roman versus all three of them. Who knows? But it's going to be something. Sure. Uh, we got Misfit Wrestling Podcast who says if you remove the UK from SmackDown, it wasn't a very good show. There wasn't a lot of wrestling on the show. I will Definitely. say that yep. for sure. There wasn't a lot of wrestling on this show. Uh, we also got Negro Buck who says that LA Night Pop was massive. Yo, it was huge. Those fans love him in the UK and a lot of people are saying that he's the favorite of the UK crowd even more than Butch who got the win over Santos Escobar and LA Night on the show who is from the UK. UK. <laughs> LA Night, man. LA Night Mania. He what do you think? Over. He got the people over. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at him. Like I, Again, there's no like wrong answer i feel like so you know it's just something that you like okay you have to just pick the one that you really feel like is going to have a good run and we want them to have this run for a little while and they they did like stats and everything i think it was like monday like given like who has it the longest who did it the shortest uh when did they cash in things of that nature so i think it's something that's going to be really really good for um for that for for the show forever the winner is and what did you think mm-hmm. about uh bianca belair interfering in the charlotte versus oscar and do you think that it's gonna lead to bianca belair turning heel in this storyline 
I mean, does she have to be the heel though? I don't think she needs to be the heel to be honest. I, I feel like I don't think she, I don't think she could be the heel against Charlotte Flair. Right, that's what I'm saying. I feel like she shouldn't be the the heel. I feel like more so Charlotte should be the heel because she in, she inserted herself into this this thing and said she comes back and just like puts herself as the the next in line when you know there's other girls that's been waiting. Like no, you should wait too. Um, but yes, I think that uh, Bianca should not be heel in this this point of this 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 story, and let it be just like Charlotte. Um, let Oscar still play her role and let it go from there. I'm not mad at the um, the interference because it keeps the story going on a little bit longer. This is true. This is true. I think it's going to be maybe a triple threat. Right. It has to be. A, it has to be a triple threat. Like, what's the next thing we can do? You know, they're gonna. She could either tag with Charlotte or she could tag with Oscar, one of the two, and then make sure that we have something meaningful enough for these girls have been interacting with each other every week where now we're going to have a triple threat match. This is true. And we got Romeo, of course, in the chat, uh, supporting his Charlotte Flair saying she is the line, Chrissy. Okay, Romeo, no problem. <laughs> you going to let him have that one? I'll let him have that one. He's my fellow Aries. <laughs> I let him have it. I let him have it. And, and so is she. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, Charlotte Flair is in Aries as well. And Bianca. Aries already sticking together, apparently. Yep. So uh, yeah, but... stick together, friend. So yeah, she she could be the line all she wants, but she has to be the hill. That's all I'm saying, friend. We got uh, Ficente who says, if you ask most of the women's locker room, Charlotte is the hill. Yeah, I think she would be the. I I I don't think be, this this doesn't need to be for Bianca. I don't think it would hurt her, but I don't think it would make it better either. That makes sense. You know, like it, I don't, I don't think it should affect her either way, but it doesn't need to happen necessarily. Not this way. Not, Not this, this way. way. Uh, <laughs> we we got also saying misfit saying, but this is WWE. They think Charlotte Flair is the heel because they piped in cheers for Charlotte during the introduction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do, they're, we, they're, why do they do that? I, I hate when they do that, though. Like, just I, let. I, I, it annoys me so much. It's, it is a very. It's something that's so annoying. Like you know, I just I'm, I want to see Bianca Charlotte. That's what I want to see. Same. I do too. I think they're gonna I, eventually get to that. Uh, that's, we, that's, I'm sure that's the part of like the story to get them to that. Yeah. Yes. Can't wait to see. Yes, yes, Romeo, you and I are going to fan out when we see our two fellow Aries, friend. The, the Aries take over there. But we they got... They call that too. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got another special guest joining us here. Uh, he's been on the channel before. He joined me for our Jay Briscoe stream earlier this year. You see him over on Sports Keto Wrestling. You hear him on the radio. Yeah. It is Kev Kellum. Thank you, Kev, joining he's us. He's already in his beard. Oh, he's getting already. He's getting the groom on. Great beard is so cool. I put, a balm, I put a balm on for this. Okay, I balmed to. in. I yeah. balmed in. Uh, dude, so much <laughs> you have to fun. keep it all nice. I, I gotta say this. I there is there's a lot of hype for Money in the Bank this year. Like in general, I know I know we're talking about Money in the Bank. It's a few hours away and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. maybe some of this can get dated in a few hours, right? <laughs> but I, I was just doing one on Instagram for uh, Sports Kita, the great Emily May Heller works with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and we were both remarking, we're like, they've done a really good job of building this show, and like it didn't get too confusing. You know where everyone stands. The things that are predictable are good, predictable. 
the things that aren't predictable or the things you want to be surprising. And they know that money in the bank is this gimmick that it creates the idea of all like almost like a Royal rumble. Like there's a bunch of different players. There's a lot of different possibilities. It lends itself to hardcore fans screaming their fantasy bookings at screens, you know, and, and that's always, Hey, for us on our, on our side of the thing, that's always good too. When people start getting crazy, about that. <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt no. what we do at all. <laughs> no, it, do, it it's that's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, give give me what I want, right? Isn't that, <laughs> with the uh, yeah, for sure. It's it's a dude. I think everyone's like screaming about WWE creative and this or that, and I was like, and what's good? You don't really say anything about like, oh, they're doing a good job. This person specifically wrote yeah. this and they did a good job. But when it's bad, it's like this person is responsible for this thing that I just saw on television and I want to say it. You know what I mean? Like that conversation. I was like, let's pull it back here. You know, like there's some there's some calls <laughs> they made that were that were really really good. The way the Logan Paul LA Knight stuff I thought was the perfect thing. They're the two favorite guys yeah. that people think are going to win this match. You're the guys you're looking at. We can throw a curveball to you. We aren't cheating you. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no bait and switch right, with this show. Right, right. Uh, and and anything you're gonna get that isn't advertised is a surprise, right? So everyone's like, they didn't give me a surprise. Well, they don't advertise surprises. That's why there's surprises, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I, I just think it's it's been really good. It's another example of that. This is still Triple H's WWE in terms of his vision and the things he wants to do. Somewhat, uh, and, like maybe like yeah oh no but also like the things that are changed that maybe aren't his 40. i don't think <laughs> like I, I know some people freaked out about this especially after wrestlemania i don't feel that on this show i don't feel like there's like this abrupt like let's just course change three days up from the show or you know people say oh, we want to get vince proof and all these different things but there's a lot of stuff we don't know and there's some changes he made reportedly that i'm like yeah mm-hmm. that's, that's a good call you know like yeah they were gonna have Chicha- they were gonna have tomaso champa do the open challenge of Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Great way to bring him back, right? But he's going to lose on his comeback. Well, the Vince call was, no, we have unfinished oh, business okay. with him and Miz. Have him come out and beat Miz. And then we're going to rocket him like a mid-card guy, like he's going to be after this anyway. Mm-hmm. So in the long term, it's better that Tommaso Ciampa came out and beat up his old tag team partner. Idea. Like so, I'm like, closed, I'm not, I don't close the bow on on that on that whole story. That was that the is right true. Move. That is true, and it ties it up. And now it's yeah. open ended. You know, like and, and yeah. it's good for the Miz too. That's not standing over his head. They can go and do different things. Um, and I don't mind that. I like good logical stuff. <laughs> and then at the same time, this is the thing where we're petty wrestling fans. I'm fickle, 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 but surprise me. I'm fickle, fickle, fickle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like uh, I want the steak, but what's the sauce? And don't tell me what the sauce is, but the sauce better be good. You know, like, 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 or you want the steak, but you want like the special sauce, like yes. the real good stuff. Yes. You, know, you don't want the, yes. you don't want the A1 sauce. I want a good, like homemade sauce. But don't tell me what it is. But then if I don't like it, <laughs> like, what? but but if I don't like it, tell me who it was. Right. Because <laughs> like, I'm gonna hold them responsible. <laughs> right. Like who made this? Got it. Oh okay. man, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, and uh, when I have people I know at a show, like texting me from the show, and. Sid, you and I have friends that like go to wrestling shows all around the world, yeah. and you'll hear about them at the show like a week after, and they never told you about it, right? Yeah. And then this is something where I woke up to five or six texts from friends I have in Ireland, friends I have in the UK, some people you and I both know in media 
who are like, dude, this is legit. There's some legit hype for the show. And I think maybe that's the English crowd. London, ha- like a big yeah. city, one of the biggest cities in Europe hasn't gotten a pay-per-view in a long time. So right. I lend itself to that. I do think you're going to watch this show and this London crowd is going to run away with the show. There's, they're going to do some insane chants. And they were, they were hot stuff. last night, weren't they? They were. Yeah, dude, they it were. felt like pyro. It felt like pyro going <laughs> off, you know? It felt like, um, um, like when they went to um, back, when they did Backlash. I felt like it was yeah. kind of something like yeah. that. It's smart, That's why though. they like they like the international and getting out of just like North America. I like it too. They actually, have that reaction. Yes, it makes them, they don't get it. You know, Elimination Chamber in Montreal. They went with the hometown guy in the main event. It's not too complicated. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's really not hard. It's, it's <laughs> in demand coming out of the pandemic. There's still a lot of markets they haven't run major events at house shows, live events. But I mean, like major where you know you're getting big payoffs and things like that it's a smart idea detroit running detroit is a good idea because you're almost running canada at that point you're going to get a lot of canadians (laughs) for SummerSlam. uh they're going to run chicago i think for survivor series with war games and do like a whole weekend there which is odd because that that, that, i'm okay with it but it's also because i'm in chicago right i'm not going to complain about (laughs) you know like like every i talked to said like oh they're doing another one in new york city and you're like hey it's easy trip for me right, you, right. You, yeah you, yeah you know, that's how i like it but what you're you're looking at what they're booking for madison square garden next week right so you're like ah oh, what, what am i gonna <laughs> go see you know? yes see see like so and also i get it but i'm also like uh i could see where it's like a burnout if you're like AEW, they're playing some markets in terms of stuff like that i know we're bouncing around the map but i love when there's a hungry place that wants wrestling and they get it you yeah. know and yeah. yes uh, asia hasn't been really tapped yet uh, there's been some markets in Africa. I think they, that would love it. They would eat it oh, up and, yes, and go crazy for it. Uh, and it would be fun. It's it, that's a part of the appeal. Like when they were at Clash of the Castle, it's like they are they haven't been yeah. there in years. It's it's really entertaining. Uh, India, they want to do this big India show. Uh, and you and I uh, working at Sports Kita, we have all of our guys in India, and they broke a story exactly. about them doing the stadium show. They could easily do a hundred thousand people in India, easy. like easily. Easy. Yeah, easy. Because look at the Saudi show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, always the, those buildings. Yeah, yeah, those shows sell out. It's supply and demand. You know, limited demand. I mean, big, big demand, but limited supply. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. SmackDown and MSG next week. You guys are both going to the show. Uh, I I haven't decided if I'm going oh, to the show. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. I gotta I gotta ask some people. I'll see. Are you are you one of those guys? It's like I'm so comfortable in front of my TV. My my, my yeah. I would prefer. I, yes, I I have. I think I'm at the age now where I would prefer. <laughs> to be in my house but it's a surprise for my son have you have you had this where you're at a show have you had this where you're at a show like a wb show an aew show Mm -hmm. and someone turns around they're like i wish you could hear commentary i heard someone say that yes (laughs) i I am that person i'm sorry i wish i could hear them i i I promise you i'm that person because sometimes like i feel like the last show i went to they did the crowd was like very like mediocre-ish like, like I was like and I have like a message I'm like well how does the crowd sign on your end because they're very dead on my side <laughs> well that was the October uh Brooklyn show right yes 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 love seeing some sports Kita fans Stephen Chambers Stephen from the Elimination Chambers Liz's last name is Chambers so you have to add Elimination Chambers right? <laughs> uh, yeah it's good to see him on truly thank you Steve you watch a lot of my stuff on SK I love that it. merge audiences merge yes audiences, yes right? for anyone uh, who doesn't know you please introduce yourself you yes, do so please. much outside of sports Kita as well, I do so I do a lot of things but Sid I just jumped right in because you and I talk all the time right <laughs> we, we, we talk we talk shit we talk shit a lot of the time, right? Uh, yeah. No, you can catch me on Sports 
Nikita. I do a lot of their live news streams. I do voiceovers on a bunch of different things on our, on oh, our nice. YouTube channels. Um, I've had some very, very successful videos with them, which are really, really great. It's weird. I was telling you about this. I've been doing media stuff and work in radio since I was like a teenager. Mo the most people that have ever heard me talk. You ever hear this? Like you're like, oh, you, like you, you, you get in a commercial, right? And you become like the guy who says "was up" and like a Bud Light commercial. And that's the most people that I'll ever see you. The most people that have ever heard me talk is about Rey Mysterio having his mask pulled off. Like <laughs> it's like such a specific weird thing. All right, and, and, but I'm also like, thirteen year old me would love this. <laughs> you know, yes, like, yes, exactly. Because I mean, like, we always wanted to know what he looked like. Exactly. And, I, and now I do all these things. I'm on the radio. I'm on rock radio. I'm in Springfield where we got knocked off this knocked. I was on air this week and we got knocked off air by a tornado. That was fun. Oh, uh, 97.7 QLZ in Springfield and 104.9 X. All this stuff is on my socials, uh, on Instagram, all the different stuff. And then I do Roast Battle Chicago, which is picking up. And we're we're going to tour this year, which is really, really cool. It's like insult comedy. It's like competitive insult comedy. Uh, and uh, if you like no holds barred punch someone in the mouth with words like you like wrestling promos, <laughs> this is that show uh and we're in the roast battle league we're hoping to win the league this year which is pretty cool new york wow. calling you out calling out all the boroughs uh -oh. of new york come on out come on out look at that see gotcha it's wrestling do the psychology bring, yeah yeah illusion of up. conflict <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It's like bring it on. Bring it on. If comment um, what is this? If commentary is as bad as Kevin Patrick, I would be grateful to be live there instead of lol. I like Kevin Patrick. He's the voice of Raw, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I they did like some Kevin. I like also I'm Irish. I like Kevin. It's just the first name. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Oh, also, he's not Kevin. This is this is an Irish thing too. He will say Kevin Patrick, which is Patrick Pete with a D. You, you emphasize the D. Uh, yes, and and a lot of people are like, oh, that's really. And then there's other people that say Kevin Patrick. <laughs> like that's very the, the Americanized version of it. And I was like, oh, lead into the D, dude. D give me more. Give me more of the island. I want to hear more of that. I want to hear more Ira in you. But whatever, you know. I'm sorry if we're bouncing around topic to topic here, but I always just no, like, no, no. Me. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> what are we? But, what yeah. are we gonna cover, man? Your show. Uh, we we just wrapped up with SmackDown here, but of course some news from last week's SmackDown and throughout the week and the last couple of weeks has been Vince McMahon making changes behind <laughs> the scenes. As uh, previously noted, several changes oh, were made God. to last Friday's WWE SmackDown. Please get rid of the mustache. Why? Are they <laughs> yeah, because like, why do they have like? Oh my God, he looks so creepy now. Ugh. No, it's just because it's like that Vincent Price. I, that's a very weird reference. I'm old, right? It's a Vincent <laughs> Price mustache where it's just uh, like he, it's like the Cuban barber pimp mustache, you know? Like <laughs> one time I went and got lined up and they got the beard right and the guy brought my mustache down to right above my lip and it looked awful and I had to shave it off. It's such a bad, just grow out a full mustache. Like if you just grew up the nope. full Magnum PI mustache, you know what I'm talking about? Like go up to the nostrils, <laughs> fill up the upper lip, you know? He wants the Gomez Adams look. That's what he asked. <laughs> it is Gomez Adams. That is definitely Gomez. What about these? I know we jumped into uh, Vince making changes to the show, but what do you think of the changes he made or, or he's are reportedly attributed to him? I mean, I've liked some of the changes, like canceling though three advertised matches like he did for last week's SmackDown. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessary for the people that you know took the time to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, there was also in, matches, yeah. 
in Monday's Wrestling Observer Radio, it was noted that there this was the work of Vince McMahon with uh, people weren't really happy backstage and frustrated. The matches had been built up with promos and angles for a week and were then removed with no explanation. And it was said that there are many unhappy people and Triple H is likely one of them. And a source noted that neither writers nor Triple H can really say anything, even if they are frustrated because it's been show. However, it seems people backstage are trying to figure out how to get him to stop changing the shows the way he does and one person suggested that it wouldn't be as bad if it was done the day before or two days before but mcmahon makes his changes on the day of the show and pw insider reports that monday's episode of raw had vince's fingerprints on it and the belief among some backstage is that this is likely to increase as wwe's acquisition of endeavor gets closer to happening so kev what do you think about the whole uh, Vince taking more control and making more changes behind the scenes, whether bad or good. What do you do? You think that kind of undercuts what Triple H is trying to do? <laughs> I love. I got I, frantic world. I have to bring up this comment because this does line up what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. uh, Mc, Mick Succession, like, like yes. I was, I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, McDonald's? that's what it is. Yeah. I was like, no, no. <laughs> Succession, of course, the big show about the power broker family, episode two, season four. Let me change things up a bit. Um, and a lot of people made comparisons to Succession. It's this very, very powerful family. Stephanie and Shane are kind of like out of the picture. Triple H's son-in-law is in the picture. The fact that Vince is going to stay involved with WWE after this merger with Endeavor, which is still the biggest wrestling store of the year, whether or not mm-hmm. you want to believe that or not. It, it, and he was part of the transition. He's going to be involved. And he, also, if he wasn't in WWE, it's still WWE. It's Regardless. still going to have Vince's DNA all over it in terms of like the ring ropes, everything, everything that it wants to look and feel and all those different things. And I, I don't know the ethical grounds anyone has to stand on if he's all the different transgressions and other things that you want to talk about with him. I don't need to bring those up to make this argument. It's it's WWE. Vince is going to be involved in it, whether or not you like it. And also, there's some things you like in it that you don't want to think are Vince things. Like I brought up the chump, the chomper return. That's absolutely a Vince call. There are some yeah. things he will do that make complete sense that you love that you don't attribute to him. And there's things he'll do that to you don't make sense right now. And they may make sense way later. And, and this may seem like I'm defending him, but it's more just like, I'll make this comparison. Get out of WWE. Saturday Night Live. Long running institution. Mm-hmm. Billions of dollars attached mm-hmm. to it. But whose show is it? A show that is a tribute to multi-multi-millionaires, so many big stars, so many great people have written for it. But Lauren it's Michael. Lauren Michaels' show. Yep. Yeah. He has the final call. Yep. And That's I really true. think this is, with wrestling media, social media, these things get out very, very quickly. Here's the camp of people that are like this. But as much as Triple H is mad about it, he knows. He said it. He said it to us at SummerSlam. He said, yeah, I'm going to be over, but this is going to be a company that Vince McMahon set up. This is a company he's always going to have some involvement in, even if he's not the top guy. It's still Triple H's call. Whoever's going to win those money in the bank briefcases, I think is absolutely going to be Triple H's call. The vision where you're going to go forward is them. And also, I don't think wrestling is booked the same way it was 25 years ago because you can't book it 25 years ago the same way you do now because you do five hours of first-run content every single week where some people just watch wrestling through social media and shows like this and then watch Peacock, all right? And then (laughs) my nephew, I have a nephew. No, I'm true. I have a nephew, though, who's 12. 
he does not watch Raw or SmackDown live. He will watch it on YouTube. That means he watched Raw and SmackDown. That's the way he sees Raw and SmackDown. And then he watches Peacock and he's like, I like this because the matches are longer. I was like, that's just the convenience of how he does it. That's how you book wrestling now. This is how you book wrestling for the modern age in 2023. The people that bitch and moan about all these last minute changes, they're doing those changes based on the way they think those metrics are going and the way they think they're going to do them. And it isn't just a Vince McMahon thing. It's a WWE thing. Uh, AEW does it. A lot of modern TV shows do it. Sports coverage does it, you know, like where they're going to go with something they think is going to work right now. We got to do it now. And then longer on when this thing picks up, it'll be worth it. So I do think sometimes it's overly critical, but it's also like, hey, my thing got cut and I'm pissed, you know, mm-hmm. fine. that's because I've been there. You know, I've, I've been working on a radio thing like a Lollapalooza thing. We're going to go on stage in front of all these like, hundred thousand people and 10 minutes before. And no, we're not doing it. <laughs> so like like it's i get that side of it but i think when you get more objective and you think about how these things are done power play week to week the raw ratings are up you know that rating yeah. was good it was a very very good rating for them uh and a good rating for them going up against sports by the way they were going up against some bigger sports stuff that weekend uh and it makes sense and you got tv contracts coming up vincent mm. Vince makes big money old money by the way uh very very uh interested in where he's going to go with this too so i i get it i i think i i, I think that's really cooled off anyone who's still mad about it just wants to be mad about it anyway yeah this is true but i mean i do i feel bad for the performers yeah. oh. more than more than any of the fans i just feel bad for performers when a match is changed like that and it goes another way or if they like the ideas and then he makes those those changes uh we should also mention though wrestling observer newsletter had more details regarding uh vince making changes to shows and it was previously reported there was some frustration but he noted that the influence is expected to grow in the future uh, one yeah. source one close source close to the situation told the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that Vince is doing what he thinks will make for a better show, even if it messes with uh, long-term plans. And McMahon is said to be aware that everyone in the company, including his daughter, Nick Khan, and Triple H, all worked as though he wasn't coming back and did not support his return at first. He thinks he understands the business and is doing what he thinks is best with the product. So, that's what he's doing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's right. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't think he's doing stuff. He's like, I want to mess with my family. And I want to. <laughs> like, like, I don't think he does. That. I don't think he wakes up and says, I need to step on someone's neck before Next I tonight. get out of bed. I don't <laughs> think that happens. Like, I, like, if you think he's Mr. McMahon, I don't think that's the case. So you think he's closer re- to that than the normal person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, for the most part. Also, he's a 78 year old man. I don't think he's the guy he was 20 or 30 years ago that you saw playing a character on television. So, um, and also, it's the merger. You know, the merger, the merger is going to change things anyway. I don't know how much it will. I mean, we saw what Endeavor did with UFC. It didn't change UFC a whole lot. You know, I mean, it changed some things like presentation, advertising elements, and different stuff like that, too. That's a big thing I think that could change with WWE. Things that you wouldn't see a lot more. We saw more of the product integration things in the past couple of years, and and those may be things that annoy fans, too. But, uh, hey, it's making money, and uh, and it's the way stuff changes. And and I, But I also think Vince is still a wrestling promoter, as much as he won't say the word wrestling and hates it and stuff like that. But he wanted to call his pro wrestlers superstars because it made it easier for him to make superstar action figures than pro wrestling action mm-hmm, figures. Mm-hmm. 
He's not. Yeah. History has proven he will make bad calls and he will make good calls. And the good calls, <laughs> he, he, he usually tends to make great ones. And his bad ones are really, really bad ones. But he'll eat the loss. Yeah. You know, he's, he's <laughs> both ends of the spectrum. Yes. He definitely is. Yeah. He's XFL and he's up. WrestleMania. <laughs> That's the perfect. That's the best one. That's the best one. Yeah. Uh, A new report has revealed the main event matchup for Money in the Bank for later today will apparently be Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio, according to PW Insider and and Michael Cole on SmackDown commentary. (sighs) Cody versus Dom will close out uh, tonight's uh, today's show in London, which airs on Peacock and WWE Network. The obvious speculation is that Brock Lesnar who Rhodes has been feuding with may be involved in the matchup or post-match proceedings, although that is not confirmed. Work Wrestling earlier this week uh, had the rumor that uh, Brock would appear at Money in the Bank to set up a third gimmick matchup against Cody Rhodes at SummerSlam. So Mm. what do you you guys think about Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio main event and Chrissy Love? I heard that that reaction. Why why are you upset that this is the main event? I mean, okay, this is for this is a way for Brock to come. Okay, get it, got it. Okay, but we could have did that at the beginning of the show. We could have did that in the middle of the fucking show. We don't need you to close the show. And it can change. You you're right. It could change. You're absolutely right, Kevin. I I that we're talking about last minute changes. You know, they could come and be like, hey, let's let's end with this. You know, right? I I figured it would have been more bloodline saga stuff than you know, Cody. But hey. What do I know? I work for a school, so you know, and I just do a podcast. Well, okay. <laughs> well, we, we do have a comment here from from Romeo saying that there was a text sent today promoting a triple main event and two ladder matches. So I guess I'm, I'm sick of them with this, this, the, this mess. This is ridiculous. No, stop it. Stop the whole like double go main event. See, go stop off the whole triple main event foolishness because we're doing this mess and it's like why and then you do a show and then it's not even in the main event is that the is in the middle of the fucking show it's dumb <laughs> but it's dumb. a triple main event but it's a triple it's main a event it's a triple main event my head hurts you're getting premier big blockbuster <laughs> matches with all of your favorite superstars <laughs> Oh, you have such a great voice, friend. Yes, you got that voice for radio. Yes. <laughs> what do you mean, Chrissy Love? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess no, the triple main phrasing. event would be also, the main Bloodline event Civil War, Dom, Cody, and Seth Finn, since it's not the ladder matches. Okay, you know? sure. I, but I mean, I, I get it. People are like, ah, hardcore fans, I hate Brock, but to the casual people that just watch the show, he's still they, they, no, he's still a pop. Like he was a pop when he when he lost to Cody and they gave him like a whole standing ovation. So I mean I yeah. get all of that. But story-wise. Also, it's not like when they when that music hits, like the crowd ain't gonna go ape. You know what I mean? Like there will be there'll be five there'll be five guys in a chat room just be like, this sucks. Why are they going with my guy? You know, like, and, and guess what? They got you to care. They got you to care. And that's got what, my reaction. And the fact that you're not just turning it off. Yeah, you're right. You okay. You know, but I, I think it'd be cool if they went with something else at the end of the show. But also, if the rest of the show is really good and then the last match is just this angle they pull off, uh, you know, say they go the route we think they're going. Like, mm-hmm. do the match. Dominic comes out. Also, Dominic gonna get some real heat. Dominic yeah. has yeah. the most built-in, and it isn't cool heel heat. 
This isn't MJF where like you want to see him be an asshole. No, no this, this I, is- I was at WrestleMania. Everybody wants to see him get his ass kicked. All right. <laughs> That's what you want. You want to yeah. pay to see someone get beat up. That's what a heel's value is in. Can you, can you, do you want to see them lose? And Dominic is a little shitty person. You know what I mean? He's, he's <laughs> a shitty person who says dumb, mean, uninformed <laughs> things. And it's hubris. And it's these things where I think I am what I'm not. And guess what, Chrissy? You want to see someone whip that ass. All yeah, right? I'm, I, I'm fine with that whole thing. I'm but fine with Dominic the thing is, if he it. wins and he beats the Valiant, red and white, blue, right before the, the American holiday. Yeah. The American, the American <laughs> right the nightmare. Right before the 4th of July. Huh? Right before. And, right and before the 4th of July. Dominic Mysterio is the guy who's firing fireworks off at 2 a.m. on July 3rd. All right? Yes. Yes, he Cody is. Cody Rhodes is the guy who's cooking hot dogs, saying, hey, kids got some sparklers. We're going to do some fireworks a little bit later. Come over and have a cold beer. I'm down the block. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's the all. Right. You're, right. You're, right. Right? You're right. You're right. You're right. And if he beats Cody, if he beats Cody with the help of Brock Lesnar, even more heat. And he's going to say that I beat Cody. I did yes. it all by myself. Yep. <laughs> you know he is. You know, you know he is. I, I'm here for all of that. I, I promise you. I'm here for I, – I don't mind that, that outcome. The logic makes sense. Should it close the show? Right. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's all I'm saying. That's the issue. That's yeah. the issue. I'm here for all of the fuckery. But here's here the thing, Chrissy. We're people. complaining about having too much on our plate. Like it's you're the right. food okay. analogy. It's like um, we go to the barbecue and you gave me too much food. Now I gotta now I gotta sit here with this plate of food. Okay, you're I, right. I gotta I gotta bring home leftovers. <laughs> I gotta bring home leftovers. Who doesn't, like, who doesn't like leftovers? Okay, fine. All right, fine. You make a point. I'm saran wrapping. Okay. <laughs> you have aluminum foil. Right. Let me put a plate <laughs> over it. What is someone asking here? Live and uh, so comedy ever Renfest. Renfest, yeah. like oh Renfair stuff. I haven't done that. So it's Roast Battle Chicago, the show I was mentioning earlier. Uh we're on YouTube. We have a hundred thousand on TikTok. We just cracked that. Um, so nice. you can watch people insult each other. And then we have if you're here on YouTube, we have full shows. We have one up with Jeff Ross. Uh on our Patreon we just launched, we have one up with Bobby Kelly. So uh, it's just comics insulting each other. I've also been insulted and lost on the show, like heavily lost on the show, mm. which if you don't like me. You can see me lose. See, you, you, you can read against go. me. There you go. That's a clarification. Best of both worlds right there. Yeah. But yes, uh, we got a super chat donation from Dan. It says, Kev Kellum, live insult comedy ever Renfest. So thank you, Dan. We appreciate the support and yeah. that question. Thank you for that, brother. Uh, we also got in the chat here, Negro Buck says, I'm all here for all that with Dom. I just don't think it should be the main event. But no. this is a huge opportunity for him. Yeah. For him, yes. Say. No, like we didn't huge. like. What we were saying when he was with his dad, like this was gonna be like the the, the stuff that he needed, and look like look what had he has done since leaving yeah. his dad, being with the Judgment Day, like he's getting so much heat beyond like the stuff that he did with his dad. Like this is st- this is stuff that, and he's so young. Like my God, like for you to be doing this now, and you grew up in this business, is, a, is it just speaks volumes. So I interviewed Ray. I want to say five or six years ago. It was right when he came back to WWE. He had another injury, and he was on the mm. shelf. And they had sort of like done, I think maybe the one angle they did with him and Brock, and Dominic got involved. And then they started to bring Dominic in. And you knew at some point they were going to bring Dominic in because they started showing him on TV more. And you're like, oh, they're really making him a character. 
Uh, and when I interviewed him, I asked him, like, hey, you're on this injury. You're going to come back. You're at a certain age. Uh, you've alluded to it even in the conversation. Can I ask you, what is the next thing in your Thank career? And this you. is like five years ago, pre-pandemic, so that changes things too. Um, but I was like, what is it? And he, he literally said, the entire purpose of the rest of my career is to set my son up to carry our legacy. And and, I, and it was very, very clear about it. And I emphasized more. I was like, what do you want? He said, I want a WrestleMania match. I want to have a special moment with my son at the biggest show of the year. And then I got to see it live. And mm. that crowd ate that match up. That yeah. was well yeah. done. That was effectively yeah. built to for a long, yeah. long time. And you mm-hmm. cannot deny family issues playing out <laughs> in pro wrestling. <laughs> It's, it's undeniable true. after the WWE system. They're doing it. They're doing it with the Anawais. You know, they're doing yeah. with the Samoans. You know what I mean? Like it makes a ton of sense. We like we like family drama. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a sickness that we all we all like. Brew the tea and throw it on the floor. You know what I mean? Like, like let, let's go, dude. Like uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's easy to sink your teeth into. It's easy for someone. It's easy. This is how I know it's good for wrestling fans. Someone comes over to watch Money in the Bank with you today, and you literally say, Those guys are brothers. Their brother is with their cousin, mm-hmm. and their cousin is the top guy, and mm-hmm. he's splitting this down, and then it's done. 30 seconds, but then you have yeah. all the weight for it. It's easy. Uh, and with Dominic, inverted. He's the inversion of Rey Mysterio. He's not virtuous. He's mean. He has a he has a girlfriend who tells him what to do, who's a bad influence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like So uh, all these different things. So uh, I get it, but I also agree. It's, you know, I like good characters. I like good characters. Yeah. Dominic's a good character. Yeah, and yeah. also, great promo. How much he's really turned the corner in terms yes. of what he wants to do. If, in the if they let him talk, if they let him also, yes. this is another thing. This is another thing I see in wrestling, and I don't know if you guys have ever done indie stuff. And Sid, have you been around like indie wrestling when you when you see it yeah. and you're up close with it? You'll see them take the pause, and the pause is the real clever thing that's that you don't really notice when you're on television. I don't think you see it as much, but when you get the audience to ride a reaction in. Dominic and WWE's figured out production wise, they're always shooting wide when mm-hmm. he starts a promo. They never shoot close because they're going to let the crowd start to really turn on him. And then mm-hmm. he starts to talk and then they cut him off and he gets three solid heat pops before right. he really gets into the. And now you actually care about this guy who's going to do 90 seconds of exposition, kind of like, you know, regular get me to the ABC storyline stuff, right? Yeah. But you care. You care about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when you got that with somebody, it's undeniable. And you, people weren't saying that about Dom. Yeah, it's cool. He's Ray's son, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's great development. That's a, that's great in the performer. Great on WWE for producing it. Absolutely right. And speaking of Dom, he was a big part of Raw this week. They did uh, 1.9 million viewers, definitely up from the last couple of weeks. Their highest uh demo rating since the raw after wrestlemania in the main event you had cody rhodes defeating damian priest in a really good main event you had great match Gunther, yes yeah gunther beat Sami Zayn in what i thought was a great match rhea to ripley's gonna get mad about him stealing that pin move right there right that's, that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> due to interference from giovanni vinci and you also had the debut of carmelo hayes the nxt champion who was invited to the show by seth rollins he helped uh seth from 
from a sneak attack from Finn Balor, but he then he went on to make his in-ring debut and suffer a loss to Finn Balor despite a good performance by him losing to the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. What did you think about this week's uh, Monday Night Raw, Chrissy Love? What was your highlight, low light from the show? Um, I enjoyed uh, Carmelo and Finn. And, of course, you know, he did not win, but it's still he can be with the, the, the top guys. Like, he can be with the vets. And they can he, 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 will, he will definitely be main roster, probably stupid next draft dummies. Um, I hate the draft. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, I, I do. I do think he will have this year as the champion, uh, as the champion of NXT, and then he will definitely make his 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 move up to um, the main main cards. Um, I I love the even Sammy and Gunther. Does Gunther do any bad matches? As far no, as I'm no. concerned, I don't think he does any. No, and also here's the thing about Gunther that I think is awesome. When you have the modern style of wrestling becoming highly athletic, very much guys under 225, guys who can move very, very fast, pure athleticism, a lot of that dynamics, completely different. He's an absolute throwback to the 80s. Yes. He's 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 like what? He's 250, 260, lean, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of striking, a lot of pacing down, not pacing up. uh, and, And at the same time, takes the pauses Technical when he record. has yes. you he lets it settle in and he also like think about this move set you know it's not super dynamic it's clotheslines chops and a power bomb which on paper you're like oh that's a lame character in a video game right <laughs> but when you watch the matches no. you're like, this right. guy rules this guy rules yeah. right yeah there's these intangibles yeah. with him that are so intriguing i saw i went to the christmas smackdown with him and ricochet and when you have so many guys that do that cruiserweight style, it's very, very modern. We saw it with him and Sammy, right? Mm-hmm. It looks yeah. really, really cool when he womps on somebody. And you really care about the person he's womping on. So it's just this sense of these are all Triple H things. Dial in the big notes. Pull back on the weaknesses. Almost the same. A Heyman type idea, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, and love I think it. that's that's on purpose. I think Triple yeah. H gets a lot of influence from Paul Heyman. Since Absolutely. Of creative. Yeah. And he, he went on the record and said, absolutely. And he's like, Paul's been at the table for a long time. You know, and like, like so like. Yes, he should be. Yes. Yeah. Should he be the top guy? Maybe that's a little bit too much. Let, yeah, me, no. let, me, let <laughs> me interject. Yeah, no, idea, I, don't, you know? no yeah. I didn't say that. I said he should be at the table. Yes. No, but, but, but it's also like the same thing. You need a good governor who takes a handful of ideas and brings yeah. them to the table. So, yeah, I love it. I thought this was a really, really strong episode of my at Raw for three. It's just three hours you know like i, I don't lot. watch it's a I, who watches it in one sitting it's hard to watch in one sitting um, it's very hard to watch it in one yeah sitting. but i mean it's okay guess what guys if you watch i do i watched the stuff i liked on the show and then turned off people say that's like a complaint it's like no you watch what they you say, want they saved all the good stuff to the third hour too sure they yeah, had those they three matches we talked about was back to back but then you back. sometimes you see them where they're like all right we're, we're gonna put the real main event on at like 8 p.m when people turn over from yeah. something and it's strategic and it's based on what they have on that's that they're competing with that night uh there was things that AEW went up against the nhl draft which did really really good numbers on, on tv uh and so so i get that we're all right we're gonna put some of the matches they put on earlier in the night, I was surprised. I thought they'd be done later, but it's strategic, right? Yeah. And all right, we're not up that. against anything. Let's do the long haul. Let's do the average. Let's get the what they call time spent viewing. We're going to really do that because that's a number that they play on. You really don't see reported in advertising. Uh, I want to know what that time spent viewing was the average viewer watching for more than 20 or 30 minutes. That's a really good number for a three hour TV show. Yeah. 
it is that's very true and then news coming out of raw is that we have another return besides brock lesnar uh making his return to set up his third matchup with cody rhodes worked wrestling or wrkd wrestling reported that randy orton is expected to return to the wwe soon after over a year away from the company according to the report the return could even be as soon as today's money in the bank pay-per-view orton has been out of action since may of last year due to Mm -hmm. a back injury and it was reported back in april that he had still not healed enough for a return at that time but it seems that he is healed up now do you think that we get randy orton's return at money in the bank today chrissy Mm. um i don't know i mean i put that as a no on my um uh card um but i wouldn't be mad if it is a yes i'm just like where would we insert him at like where okay kevin tell me where would we do it i guess everyone says you have him come out with riddle because him and riddle were the tag team partners for a long time okay and you, you that's the on this that's the easy dot to connect right right yeah. okay um if you want to do a curveball and he comes out, he's going to get a big pop. He's going to be treated right, like, regardless. oh, wow, big name star, hardcore. Yeah. Big, you know, we're hardcore wrestling fans. Certain age, we grew up with Randy Orton. Yay, right? But then he comes out and turns. You know, like, like, hey, right. now, now, right. now I'm going now to remind you who the F I am. You know, and like, like, and, and I think Randy Orton, you, you go in the Baseball Hall of Fame, you go in under a certain hat, right? I love yeah. Carlton Fisk. He's a White Sox player, but he went into the Hall of Fame as a Boston Red Sox, right? If mm. you go into the WWE Hall of Fame as a babyface or a heel, Randy Orton going in as a heel. Yes. <laughs> He's going yes. in as a no good, Absolutely. dirty yes. SOB. Uh, I don't think you need to have him come back at Money in the Bank, honestly. I would save yeah. it for Raw. I, yeah. I would save it for the weekly television show. Uh, obviously, but it's the functionality. We want it now. Give it to me now. Like, that's the, the I, I want it now. But if you're going to do the Brock thing, you can end the Brock thing and make a lot of very casual fans that just watch the pay per views very, very happy, right? Yeah. And Randy Orton is somebody you could put in that same category. But you're not going to get all of them. I don't think you're going to get – and people talk about the Drew McIntyre one. We don't even need to get into it, right? (laughs) You can't do three of those big ones on a show where you're also going to win the bank winners. It's too much because some things will cancel each other out in terms of your perception and conversation. Uh, I I would actually just hold it off to Raw or SmackDown or wherever you want to do it. Yeah, that makes sense too. Make it like a reason for him to be back and like – have him gonna cut a good promo or whatever, like make him open a show, maybe. Who knows? Like yeah. I, I would yeah, I would not have it for tonight though. And if that's they right. do, it's not like we're gonna it's like it's not something yeah. to complain about that much. Right. <laughs> well, yes, that's what I mean. But yes, yeah, for sure. We're getting I, too much on our plate. I'm bringing home some leftovers. It's not <laughs> <laughs> we'll take some home a little bit. Yeah. And you also had this week from WWE NXT Gold Rush Week Two. The show did uh, 622,000 viewers. Ooh. It featured Carmel. Uh, you had Tiffany Stratton defeating Thea Hale as Thea Hale came up short against the NXT Women's Champion in a solid opener. You had uh, the Dyad and Joe Gacy had a meeting which led to the Creeds uh, challenging them and Joe Gacy accepting but making a loser leaves nxt match with the dyad versus the creeds loser goes to the main roster (laughs) exactly uh gallus beat malik blade and idris anovre to retain the nxt tag team championships due to interference from stacks who is revealed as the man responsible for the don tony d'angelo being in jail and you had the main event with carmelo hayes defeating 
Baron Corbin in a surprisingly extremely good main event to retain the NXT championship, probably uh, Corbin's best matchup in a few years. Mm -hmm. Kev, what do you think about back? (laughs) Yes, that was great. The lone wolf entrance as well. What do you think about uh, Baron Corbin's stint here on NXT? He is a guy who's going to have a long, long career in WWE. He's already had a long career in WWE because of versatility. He can do a lot of written roles in television. He can wear a mustard stain on a dirty T-shirt, grow his hair out as a bald man. You don't want to grow your hair out, right? Right. Uh, And and look like a loser and then win the money back Back. and be a total braggadocious dick. And you want to boo the hell out of him like Dominic. Everybody wants to boo him. So then you start to write him off because you're like, he doesn't have good matches. No, he can. Sometimes he's not in a position to go out and have the banger match. It's not my role. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be here to get some mid-card heat, build somebody up, talk a whole lot, and then Drew McIntyre is going to come out and boot me in the face. Like, And that's (laughs) functionality. You know what I mean? Like, you got to play like football. He can play a lot of different positions. And the fact that they give him the trust and people say, oh, you go to NXT, it's such a demotion. No. Not no. in this WWE. Not in a WWE where so. all of the television shows are up for contracts. Not yeah. in a WWE where NXT, they're going to get that back up to that real third brand spot. And that's going to be a part of the Nick. They're saying it. It's going to be treated like this is going to be our college football league. Like we're going to treat this like a bigger, bigger deal. I really need, I really think they need to tour with it and get it out of, out of Florida. That's a whole nother conversation, I agree. Yes, but you're going to yes, need, yes. you're going to need some other guys to go and do that and pop those ticket sales. Bringing Rollins there was great. Bringing Ali was there. Great. I love the seamless transition of some guys into the show, the free agents. Oh, these guys aren't drafted. That's such a demotion. No, it's not. No. They can pop over to NXT and have matches like we saw tonight. Where that didn't ha- they- that didn't stop them. The free agent thing no. don't stop them. Yeah, they no. still yeah. put them on there. <laughs> yeah, but you mean, but it does give you the the open ability to do this, right? Yeah. And the fact that you had Rollins go down there and do stuff, and they popped a number on that, like a quarter more million of the people of the show. I know night over ratings, Nielsen ratings, they're BS, but the functionality of of Baron Corbin and guys like him that already have that main roster rub on them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in NXT is great. And look what this did for Carmelo Hayes. He is a bigger star now than he was a week ago. And he lost to Finn Balor in a great match on Monday Night Raw, a really, really good match where a lot of people who probably have never seen him or just heard his name saw him do his thing. And then the next night he got to beat a guy from the big league. What's the problem? You know what right. I mean? Like, like it's, right. yeah, right. it's, Simple stuff that builds people up and characters you already have a little bit of investment in, and now you you care more, or at least even if you're not watching and you're just hearing about, it, you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start checking out NXT. <laughs> they're doing numbers near Dynamite, you know, like that. Not, I'm not saying this number was, but I mean, like they're doing some competitive numbers for where cable television is in 2023 on a Tuesday night that they don't have the brand recognition of Monday Night Raw, you know. And, and yeah. that's not bad. That's a good number. And also in terms of a TV deal where you sell both shows together, mm-hmm. it's worth it. It's really, really worth it. It's paying off for them. I think it's a it's a wise decision on their part, which mm-hmm. brings us to uh, some of the news coming out of NXT this week, uh, mainly having to do with the appearance of the main roster stars on NXT. The Rusty Observer newsletter had more details on WWE's plans to make NXT a third brand and saying that uh, they want kind of the main roster stars and their stars to appear more on the main roster, like Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes, while main roster stars like 
Seth Rollins and Rhea Ripley show up on NXT. And this is something that will continue as WWE tries to get their regular audience more familiar with NXT wrestlers and mm-hmm. to use main roster talent to increase NXT's rating. They also want to make NXT more unpredictable as fans will never know who will appear on Tuesday's show. And this also allows the company to use the main roster talent they aren't otherwise doing anything with. And WWE was said to be encouraged by last week's ratings and they're going to do more integration in this way. So why not? You know, why not? What it makes a show that you can catch it here and there. Right. Right. And you, you, and yeah, the gold rush shows, but I saw more people talking about them, you know, and I would yeah. catch them the next day. I was like, I got to watch this before I do my stuff today. And I loved it. I thought there was, it felt like a bigger show. It felt like a cooler thing. But then you do have the drop down where you're like, I'm watching on TV and this isn't gold rush, you know, like, so it's like, <laughs> all right, that's, that's okay. But that's part of it. You know what I mean? It's part of it. Um, like I was saying, I, I do think they need to get out of Florida. It, it's fun. It's nice. It's, it's probably very cost effective. Uh, they built an in-house arena, and you're saving money on that, and that makes a lot of money in the long run. Uh, but if you want to make NXT cool, when they started to bring it to rock festivals, they did this in the UK. I know WWE. What was the, what was the big hip hop festival they ran like a SmackDown match at it or two? Oh, I forgot the name of it, but it was something in Atlanta. Rolling Loud. It was Rolling Loud. Yeah, Rolling Loud. Yeah. 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 And you know, people are like, "It's a simple match. What is this?" I was like, I was talking to a lot of mainstream people and media. They're like, "That's cool." And I was yeah. talking to people that, like, I know it's, from the music industry, they're right, like, like yeah. if I'm if I'm one of the major, I'm talking Coachella, Lala, yes, yes, major yes. events, uh, like, you should okay. be, bring NXT to, where's the College Rose Bowl? We're going to be in the afternoon. Ooh. You know, we're going to be right next door. We're going to tape NXT. I mean, you need to and, talk to these people. You need to, yeah, you need to. <laughs> come on. You know what I mean? And also, it's way easier to bring NXT there than it is to bring Raw. And, and, still, and it's still WWE. And it's still like, oh, yeah. I want to check this out. And, and then you get the curiosity, you know, yeah. of, of playing on people. And, and you get people like curious, yeah. you know. Curiosity builds anticipation. Anticipation is the greatest currency of live entertainment. You know what I mean? So, um, and, and that's that. Yeah. But I get it on the road. <laughs> you know, and people saying get it on the road, too. Like, uh, I love, you know, you guys know this. You ever, like, go into a room and you're like, I wish there was wrestling here. You like, like, anytime you're, like, in, like... <laughs> Anytime I'm like, I was at like a wedding venue or something, I was like, you can do wrestling here. You can get, you can get two, three people <laughs> over there. I'm a, I'm a it's carny. True. I'm a carny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you gotta you gotta make that money, man. You're thinking of, <laughs> you're thinking about how to make money with this place. I can help this. You're place. playing Bring chess, not checkers. Yep. <laughs> what's, 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 what's the gift? What's the gift from Parks and Recreation, Jenna Fisher? Like, money, yeah. please. Money. <laughs> <laughs> Final WWE note from NXT: Gable Stevenson has been training for his WWE debut since he signed with the company back in 2021, and he's been making appearances on NXT as of late in the latest Wrestling Observer. Radio. Dave Meltzer noted that Stevenson is starting to do better with his training. Stevenson is all is said to be picking things up, and the belief is that he will end up better than a lot of people originally thought. Stevenson has been making appearances in WWE NXT, training with Eddie Thorpe for his NXT Underground matchup against uh, Gable's own brother, Damon Kemp, on next week's edition of NXT. Yes, brother they, they versus making, brother. What making <laughs> subtle references to it? Like winking at the camera, basically. Uh, Chrissy Love, what's your interest in Gabe's, Gable Stevenson actually debuting in WWE, knowing that he's an Olympic gold medalist? Um, I was telling this to my husband the other day. He was like, oh, who's this guy? I was like, oh, he's like a former Olympian. He was like, oh, okay. I was like, but I really don't know what he does. 
to be honest. Like, I really don't know much about him. Um, so I just know that he's trying to do this whole, like, world underground stuff and get ready. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's all I know. I'm not really interested, but I'll watch it. I, I think the underground thing is, like, it's a height of weakness, you know? Yeah. Like, low light. He's a wrestler. He, you know, he can shoot. You know, he can cut the hips. You know, he can do, like, side suplexes and stuff like that. But what's he going to look like if he runs the ropes? There's no ropes in this. There's no, So you're introducing him in a way that completely isolates his strengths. And that's all we're focusing on. He's a legitimate mm. wrestler. Right. You know, if you put this guy in uh, an enclosure with a bear, he could take the bear down. Like, like, and like, <laughs> so when you have a guy like that, it's, it's a highlight of strength. He's going to be in there with somebody he knows, his brother who has the same background as him. Uh, and you want to build him up. If he's, mm-hmm. if he's your golden boy, keep him golden. You know, right. like, don't, don't let me see anything I don't need to see. Uh, you know, he's fine on the microphone. They've had him talk a couple of times, but he's clearly not a guy who can talk really long. Right. But Brock wasn't like that for a year and a half. You know, like Brock, Brock was very True. limited in when, what they would have him say and when they would have him say it until he got comfortable and he got some legs underneath him when he was mm-hmm, talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all it's about. And, and a lot of NXT is that. And, and I'm yeah. okay with that. Like, that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and it's a sign of WWE doing some, you know, out, out of the box things. I know hardcore wrestling fans, especially people I work in independence, are like, why don't you bring in, why don't you sign in this guy or that guy that I, <laughs> I saw here at the Palladium? Everyone from GCW should get a WWE. Like, I get it. But you see this guy, you're like, it's legit. You know, he, yeah. has, he has some real, yeah. real skills that you can build on. And there's already a track record. You, yeah. you, how many for decades they've taken people from uh legitimate wrestling amateur wrestling and made them into stars it's already proven it's already proven that you can make somebody like this from this background into a star and that's what i think it is he he does and also when you see him wrestle legitimately when he's done the, Olymp- the olympics as well gold medalist you know yes yeah. you can sell that very easily to people you know all right i'm gonna pay even if you don't know like, all right i'm gonna watch the gold medal guy take on the wwe guy i'll watch that it, it makes sense as somebody who's just stepping in and watching Exactly. He has that credibility that you can't you can't make at a at the factory in the performance center. So and he, the people people before thought that he was going to be just as good as Kurt Angle. So to know yeah. that they think now he's going to be even better than what they originally thought, then, hey, I got to I got to see what, what happens here. I'm interested in what he can exactly. do in the ring. You want to he's a he's a guy you don't know anything about beyond in, in WWE, yeah. beyond a few, few things, right, where they highlight, remind you that he's there, right? right. Uh, they yep. did the draft where they draft in a raw, and even though he wasn't on there, it was annoying, right? But, yeah. <laughs> but think about draft. it. Like, we already know he's a gold medalist. He's he's one yeah. in, in terms of the sport he's in, he's one of the top guys in the world in that sport. This isn't WWE getting like a guy who was like a wrestler. They get a lot of those, right? They get a lot of yeah. NCAA wrestlers. This is the top wrestler in the world. You're getting you're getting a guy who's coming in from the Olympics as the number one in his sport. You know, this is them getting Mayweather after he won the world title. You know, yeah, like th- this yeah, is yeah. this is a legitimate athlete background. As WWE continues to want to chase the casual viewer, that means something, and it means something to bands and brands and different people you want to work with. It makes a lot of sense. Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, the Briscoes. 
you know, you could just go on and on and on. It, like I said, I'm, I'm a broken record at this point. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're spitting facts here. And we thank you as always, Kev, for joining us here. Appreciate you. I ramble. I ramble. On. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're, 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 you're good. You're good. We like anybody who could talk. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll never, we'll never hold talking against you on a podcast like this. Don't but, worry. No. My, my girl, my girlfriend would be like, uh, "Are you going to talk all day? Are we just going to watch the show?" <laughs> I, there was some movie we were watching the other day, and I was, I, I, I would just, I would pause it. I'd be like, "They're doing this, and this is why they're doing this." She's like, "Are we going to watch the show, or am I doing DVD commentary?" <laughs> are we going to do? We're going to say we're going to talk about it. Actually, uh, we got Negro Buck. I'll says... do that. <laughs> well, I have to anyway. pause the show so he can finish talking, so I can. Fi- hear what they're saying what show do you do that with your husband chrissy what's what's your Um, what's your couple show our couple show okay we were just doing uh we just finished mayor of kingstown okay good Um, show that was that was good and then um we did that he did that with um the white lotus oh white lotus i haven't seen it but i've I've watched a few minutes i was like i could not like this if i was watching by myself but i'll watch my girlfriend watch the show and then pause and be like, this is stupid. This is pandering. This is just, you know. <laughs> no, it's good. It's really, really good. It's like weird, but then like, like if you took an edible and then you're, and they doing a okay. stupid sound effect. All right. Yeah. Okay. I get where you're going. It's just like, whoa. I got to be in a, I got to be in a certain headspace. There you go. They should, they should pause it like must watch inebriated like right. before, right. please please before you start the show please consume some edibles and then right. join us in a few edibles yeah. <laughs> but thank you kev for joining us talk about wwe this week please let the people know where they can follow you on social media what you got going on sports keto wrestling everywhere else insult insult comedy all that yes stuff. uh thank you all oh, full screen you can check me out with roast battle chicago we just launched a patreon you can watch all of our content including full uncut battles here on YouTube, just search Roast Battle Chicago, the number one Roast Battle comedy show in the world. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at Kev Kellum or on Instagram at Kev Kellum 6. I'm doing some live comedy shows throughout the year. And check out everything I'm doing with Sports Keto Wrestling. We have a whole lot going on. We'll be live after Money in the Bank later this afternoon. SoCal Vale going to be joining us live from the O2s yeah. in London. We'll have that content for you. And I do a whole bunch of different stuff for them as well. Sid, I love doing stuff with you. We used to do more. I hope I hope we get to do more. And Chrissy, it's been uh, fun chatting with you. Yes, you too as well. Huh. Yes. Thank you for joining us, sir. It won't be the last time we yeah. have you over here on the show. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate Enjoy. you. Bye. Thanks, man. Enjoy everything. Enjoy Money in the Bank and your weekend, sir. Money in the Bank, shorty, what you drank. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> ah, get it in. Gotta get Perfect it. Perfect last words. <laughs> Thanks to Kev Keller for joining us. Wrapping up what we missed here. Uh, you had ROE. No, you've had uh, Stardom, Stardom Sunshine, which had the uh, Queen's Quest defeating Oedo Tai in a captivating, mm. critically acclaimed 12 woman steel cage matchup. You had Bari Bari Bombers uh, getting the win over the Stars team to retain the Artists of Stardom, their trios championship in a trio steel cage matchup. After the match, though, we had a Julia who made the challenge to Willow Nightingale nice. for. Uh, for Independence Day for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Me and Jay News will preview that card coming up on Monday, so stay tuned for that on the channel. Then you had Ring of Honor TV this week. The show featured Claudio Castanoli beating Chuck Taylor in a Proving Grounds main event. You had a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling involvement on the show. The Embassy defeating Los Inganables de Japón to, de- 
to retain the ROH six-man tag team titles. You had El Desperado beat Willie Mack in a hell of a sprint. You had Christopher Daniels, Action Andretti, and Darius Martin beating United Empire in trios action. And you also had the Lucha Bros, Commander, and Elio Del Vikingo won a super fun eight-man tag to uh, in front of that hot crowd in Chicago. Uh, Impact Wrestling had a couple of shows this week. We had Impact on Access TV, which had Nick Aldis explaining his actions from two weeks ago when he mm. turned heel on Alex Shelley. This led to a brawl between the Murder City Machine Guns and Nick Aldis and Leo Rush, who made his debut, staking his claim for the X Division Championship. And Zachary Wentz made his return by attacking Chris Sabin in an X Division Championship matchup against Wes uh rascals partner trey miguel and then they had the impact down under shows uh night one how alex shelley defeating chris uh steve macklin to retain the impact world title he had diana parazzo beat steph delander to retain the impact knockouts world championship and night two had abc defeating motor c machine guns to retain the impact tag team championships and diana parazzo beat giselle shaw to retain the knockouts world championship so we'll have talk more about those down under shows over on blunt impact on the twitch channel with chris g and ness but it brings us to Chrissy Love's favorite segment of the show, Match of the Week. And, I mean, this is a, this might be an easy one for some people, a hard one for others. We want to hear from all of y'all. This is just our opinion. But sound off in the live chat. Give us your top three, top five matches from this past week, from last Saturday to now. And, of course, sound off because we're going to do predictions for Money in the Bank to close the show here. But, Chrissy Love, do you have your matches of the week? Um, honorable mention, um, the Blackpool Combat and uh, uh, the Elite. I thought that was a good one. Um, it's not in my top, but because there was other matches I feel like. But definitely, definitely um, uh, uh, honorable mention from them. I'm going to go five is going to be uh, Finn and Carmelo. Uh, four, Gunther, Sammy. Um, three is Tony, Willow. Um Two is Brian and uh, Okada. No, wait. Okada. Okada. Yeah. I had it right. Okay. And then, of course, of Will and Kenny. Number one. Will and Kenny, of course. We got my top five. Well, honorable mention, I'll give it to uh, Gunther and Sami Zayn, uh, as well as, I'll say, Carmelo and Baron Corbin from NXT. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, was, definitely. That yeah, was I, really good. Yes, they were really good. Um, I think, uh, again, Corbin is another one. He reminds me of, um, um, uh, uh, what's the guy name? He's a comedian now also, too. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> he just like, knows how to forget. play his role. Just what I'm saying. Like, just he just knows how to like come in, do what he needs to do. He'll make lemon into lemonade, and he still will, you know, wrestle. So, Corbin, Corbin, I'll, I'll give him credit because I, yeah. I was very surprised by that performance on NXT Gold Rush, and he's gotten the, even the promo that they did the week before yeah. was really good, good between yep. them. So. Yeah, got to give Corbin some love and some credit with the honorable mention. Number five for me this week, I go back to Collision last week, the CMFT Ricky versus oh, uh, yes. Bullet Club Gold. Yes. That yeah, multi-man that. matchup yes. was probably my favorite from Collision so yeah. far. Number number four, I'm going to go with the elite uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Eddie Kingston versus Blackpool Combat Club, Konosuke Takeshita and Shoto Aminu. Number three, I'm going to go with 
Brian versus Okada from Forbidden mm-hmm. Door. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to go with Stardom Sunshine, the Queen's Quest versus Oedo Tai 12 Women Steel Cage match, because that was probably like some of the best storytelling I saw in all of wrestling this year. Definitely okay. go out of your way to see that one. And number one, yeah, no question, Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega. I said it on the review show. I've said it a couple times this week. Top four match I've ever seen in my life. Top four in the top, top four. four, right there. In the top four, not even five, but four. Okay, top four, top three. Top, I have it at number three, so okay, but, okay. But I've okay. only rated four matches six stars, and that was Dolph Ziggler. That's what I meant to say. Dolph Ziggler, he's like Dolph, who Baron Corbin. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they're both free agents because they can go anywhere. Um, yes. <laughs> we got a Negro Buck who says honorable mentions Gunther versus Sammy, Sonata versus Jack Perry, Elite yeah. Eddie Ishii versus BCC, Hung Bucks, uh, and versus uh, Dark Order, Dragon Lee versus Nathan Frazier, Finn Balor versus Carmelo Hayes. Damn, he had a bunch of honorable mentions, right? Uh, and this is his actual list. He says number right. five. Moxley versus Ishii, number four, Brody oh, King mom. versus okay. Andrade. That number was really three, good, yeah. CMFTR and Ricky versus Bang Bang Gang, number two, Dragon Okada, number one, Osprey and Omega. Love it. Okay. We got Big Man Dogs, who says number five, Carmelo versus Corbin, number four, Gunther versus Sammy, number three, Collision Main Event, number two, Brian versus Okada, number one, Osprey versus Omega. So, bunch of love for Osprey and Omega this week. But uh, we got Romeo with a suggestion. He says that we should start doing, got to start doing MVP and LVP for the week. Okay, we can start next week. I'll do it this week. MVP for this week, Brian Danielson. He broke his arm and still gave us a great main event. Put some respect on Brian Danielson's name. And LVP for this week, yeah, it's got to be Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I agree with Romeo for that one. Okay, he, yeah, I can. He agree turned he turned heel, and his promo did not go over well. What did you think about Jungle Boy's promo on Dynamite? Hated it. Sorry, I was even like, though he was wearing the Dylan McKay leather jacket, he he had the dad's his dad's jacket on. He had glasses and everything. It just still like certain people just can't do heel work yet. Like he's still like fresh. Like he's still like. Let him get the whole baby face part first, and then we can maybe like move into like being a heel. Gotta start small, I guess. I mean, teach its own. But let's do final predictions here. Like I said, we're gonna do Independence Day for New Japan Pro Wrestling, me and Jay News on Monday. So I'll save that for then. Uh, We have Stardom Midsummer Champions is tomorrow morning. Uh, They have a huge card with Hazuki uh, teaming up with Saida Aida and Sakara Aya to verse Suzu Suzuki and Mei Sarah and Hanako. You have Queen's Quest versus Stars in an eight-man tag, eight-woman tag. You have Donald Mundo versus Oedo Tai in an eight woman tag got a passion injection match of nene takahashi versus star like kid and then you have a strap match is going to be former tag team partners natsupoi versus sorry Onoi. and you have goddess of stardom championships on the line Rhodes gold versus god's eye high speed mm. title psyche psyche kamajimi kamashimi versus uh Fuken death 
And then you got in the main event for the Wonder of Stardom Championship, Ta Tam Nakano versus Marai. I'm going to go with Marai for the new champion. Who do you think wins this main event? Okay, here? wait. First of all, who is who? Tam Nakano is the one on the left with the pink hair, the champion. Okay. And the, the one on the right is Marai. Marai won the Cinderella tournament to uh, to get Swinderella? the opportunity. Cinderella tournament. Oh, Cinderella. I'm like, Swinderella? Like, who are these? Who are we swindling? Like, what's happening? Okay. So who you picked the girl in the black. Yes, I'm picking the girl in the black. So you give it a new right. champion, basically. Yes, because Tam Nakano has both the Wonder of Stardom Championship and the World of Stardom Championship. Right? Oh, so she'll be like a triple champion, basically. No, she's already the champion. She's defending one of her titles, so I think she's going to lose it. That's what I'm saying. Got you. Okay, okay. Okay, I'll go with you on this one. See, smart woman there. What's everybody should do. Just go with what I say. Um, <laughs> WWE Money in the Bank is starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So let's do the rapid fire predictions for this card here. As you're going to have what they say is the main event, Chrissy Love. Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio going one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, it was Dom who's basically been getting in Cody's face as of late, saying that he's a deadbeat dad. He's been attacking him from behind, having Rhea Ripley talk for him. Who do you think wins, Cody or Dom? Uh, Dom. I think you're right. I'm going to go with Dom Mysterio to get the win, thanks to Brock Lesnar, though. Mm -hmm, thanks to Brock. Mm -hmm. Uh, we got of uh, this one for the Intercontinental Championship is going to be Gunther defending against Matt Riddle. Riddle's been a thorn in the side of Imperium since Imperium came over to Monday Night Raw. We finally get Gunther and Riddle, who have put on bangers in progress, but first time mm -hmm. facing in WWE. Who do you got? I'm going Gunther for sure. We got for the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championships going to be Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defending against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Rodriguez and Morgan were the former champions before having to relinquish after Liv got injured. It was Shayna and Ronda who won the vegan titles and then unified them with the NXT Women's Tag Team title. So who gets the win in this one, Chrissy? Shayna and Ronda. We're going with new with same champions, still champions on the last two matches with Gunther, and then yeah, I agree. Ronda and Shayna gonna retain in that one. And we got damn Romeo for those damn questions. Ridiculous. Oh my god, those were so annoying. So, oh my god, so annoying. And we just kept, we we're gonna have to have a meeting about this, friend, because I mean, I'm like I'm thinking I'm finished, and it just kept going on and on, I'm on like, and oh on. Who touches the ladder first? Who jumps off the ladder first? Like this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Okay, sorry. I just had to say Damn that. you, Romeo. Damn, Damn you. you. Yes. Jesus Christ. Uh, I hope we you got... still on here. I hope so, too. So we didn't do that for vain. Right. Uh, <laughs> Steph Rollins defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Finn Balor. This one has been boiling for what Finn says for the past seven years. Who's going to walk out with the World Heavyweight Championship here? Um... <laughs> Uh, I would love for Finn to win. I think he would be great, but I feel like it's going to be Seth. That is fair. That it's is still fair. Early I... in the run for Seth being champion. So I'm mad that Finn has to take yet another L. I think Seth gets the win as well, but I would not be surprised if Seth gets cashed in. 
Just saying. Just saying. Oh, okay. Already? You think we're getting a cash in already? Wow. All right. All right. Okay. Well, for that to happen, you got to talk about the men's money in the bank ladder match. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ricochet versus LA Knight versus Butch versus Santos Escobar versus Damian Priest versus Logan Paul. Uh, there's been a lot of debate from various outlets about Logan Paul having a big push this past week with people thinking that the visibility he will give to the Money in the Bank contract is worth putting the briefcase on him. L.A. Knight has had a lot of supporters backstage mm-hmm, due mm-hmm. to his popularity. And Damian Priest is viewed as another possible favorite in this matchup. But anyone can win. Chrissy Love, who do you got? I'm going L.A. Knight. I, I really, after the, the reaction on SmackDown yesterday, I think I got to change my pick. I was going with Damian Priest, but LA Knight, this moment, I think that they can't let it slip through their fingers. They don't have to think about the years-long reign of Roman Reigns with this one. It's just a decision to get the biggest reaction possible from these from, fans. Uh, yep. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with mm-hmm. LA Knight now for uh, my final prediction. Absolutely. I agree. Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. It's Selena Vega versus <sighs> Zoe Stark versus Becky Lynch versus EO Sky versus Bailey versus Trish Stratus. Uh, this one is kind of up in the air. Becky's been at the center of this with her former rivalry with Damage Control and current rivalry with Trish and Zoe. Zelina Vega is viewed as more of a dark horse, but EO Sky is the one that is favored in the betting odds. Who you got here, Chrissy? <sighs> See, I feel like it's going to be not. I feel like EO is the, the the more right one to go with, but I feel like it's going to be like uh, a fuck you and just going to go with like Zoe. So I'm going to go Zoe. I'm going to go with EO Sky. I, I feel more confident in my EO Sky pick than I do LA Knight because I know WWE is known for people getting over on their own and then them punishing them for it. So okay. we'll see. Okay. We'll see. All right. I think EO is the one that makes the most sense out of the people in the women's matchup. It is. I agree. But I feel like it's going to be one of those things where Zoe might want to like say thank you to it's something with Trish. I feel like Trish's hands are somewhere in this some kind of way. I don't know why. Because I'm like, I don't even know why she's even in this match. But whatever. Um, so that's why I'm going more Zoe. But. We got uh, Misfit who disagrees, saying Zoe just got called up. She ain't winning. It'll be a perfect way to put her over as she right. just got called up. And we got Big Man Dogs who says Bailey could cost uh, EO the briefcase. That is a possibility as well. That is a possibility. Uh, and we got who holds the briefcase longer, the men's winner or the women's winner? To switch things up, please let it be the women's winner. Yeah, let it be the women's winner. Please, please. Don't let them do it that night. But uh, we don't we don't have any women's matches anyway, so. Yeah, they don't have, they, they, they can at least hold it. it for 48 hours. That's <laughs> And don't tell us when they're going to cash it in either. Jesus Stupid. Christ. Uh, we got Mr. who says Zoe and Trish are only uh, in the matchup to stop Becky from winning. That's that's a good point. That is a okay. Good point. That makes sense. All right. I like it. 
And then finally, we got the Bloodline Civil War. It's going to be Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa versus the Usos. Of course, it was at Night of Champions. Jimmy Uso betrayed his cousin, super kicking him, costing him and Solo their matchup against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. Then Jay Uso was caught in the middle until he decided to side with his brother over his cousin, super kicking him in the face, putting the battle line down as now we have the Civil War here who is going to walk out with the victory in london today chrissy love um i got roman and solo i'm gonna go with the usos i'm going with jay uso to <laughs> pin roman reigns oh. in london today i i'm i'm here i'm not mad at either one to be honest but i'm gonna keep it with the tribal chief like i have been doing um so yeah that's fine you never want to bet against your tribal chief, huh? Nope. Does he? Does he? Does he dock you your pay if uh, nope. you, you vote? I'm not team? winning this whole competition anyway, so it's fine. I'm I'm loving where I'm at mid card. Last year I was like at the low bottom. This year I'm like really in mid center. I've been doing very very well on my last predictions and everything. You did. So fine. So I'm good. I've been proud this. of you. I've Thank been proud you. of you. Thank you. You've been doing I've your been thing. Yep, I, and everyone did not pick Will. I picked Will Osprey. See, you pick Will Osprey for other reasons, though. Don't get it twisted. It's not. It's not That's because not you part of he it, was the better that... wrestler. That's okay. See, that's that's be to, to be debated, but whatever. <laughs> that's to be debated. How? How sway? How? <laughs> <laughs> what we talk about <laughs> um but yes uh we got a couple of predictions to read out here in the live chat before we wrap things up we got, go. Steve, <laughs> we got steven chambers who says usos win solo gets pinned uh we also got uh negro buck who says could literally go either way but i'm rocking with the usos but yes that brings us to a close on another edition of true hill heat miss chrissy love please let the people know where they can follow you on social media what you got going on sis um, check out our latest episode of Dark Side of the Ring, which was um, yesterday. We recorded our episode of uh, JYD. So please go and watch that. Put a thumbs up and like that. Um, we'll be back in another. And oh, yes. And uh, Doink the Clown, which was um, dropped on Wednesday. So please watch those episodes with myself and SP. Other than that, um, I will not be on today's watch along. I'm so, so sorry. I have to go to Westchester, unfortunately. So I'll be trying to like see what you guys are saying and the other guys will keep me updated on who's when I will watch it when I come back home. Other than that, um, follow me on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, it's Chrissy Love underscore one. True Hill Chrissy Love. And it's just my plain old name. Uh, Serving Face of Hill should be back next week, I believe. Um, and yeah, that's it. And our flagship show every Saturday, 11.05 a.m. is True Hill Heat. Yes, indeed. You can see me and Chrissy Love here talking the weekend wrestling every Saturday at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. And you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. Follow the gang, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at TrueHillHeat. And check out all the great content we got on the channel. Like Chrissy said, the Dark Side of the Ring reviews. Check out me and Jimmy Macaram with AE Ramble number 100 from this past oh, nice. Thursday. Congrats, guys. 
Thank you. Talking about AEW Dynamite from this past week. I'll be back live uh, tomorrow for our Money in the Bank review, but we will be dropping an episode of Collision reviewing tonight, AEW Collision as well. But I'll be back here tomorrow at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time to review Money in the Bank and check out our Money in the Bank preview before the start of today's show. But for Miss Chrissy Love, it is me, it is me, your true hill phenom, SP3. This has been True Hill Heat. 231 forbidden money in the bank door we are signing off